This podcast is brought to you by our fine supporters at Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash dissectingthe80s and find out all about the bonus content you can get, like the bonus episode coming their way later this month, the monthly newsletter, and so much more. Signing up gives you instant access to everything we've ever posted, so you can get the entire back catalog of bonus content, including our first 75 or so episodes that we took down because we didn't want people to get introduced to us with our lower quality audio. Visit patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s to learn more. Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am Dr. Trip Lano, and with me as always, the Marcus Brody to all my adventures, the Macho Mandrew. Andrew Leno. Although I'm probably more of a Marian. You are perhaps. In terms of wearing dresses and drinking people under the table, <laughs> I'm probably a Marian. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Uh, it is Indiana Junes because we are helping the world say goodbye to one of cinema's greatest characters. I said it. I don't want to hear your tweets about it. Uh, Indiana Jones, one of my all-time faves. Back in February, we did Last Crusade. This month, we're bringing you Raiders of the Lost Ark here. And then uh, one of the low points of the franchise, perhaps not the lowest. I don't think the lowest. Uh, will be soon, yeah, will be Temple of Doom. And then, hey, down the road sometime, you want to hear one of these other ones? They are on the table for our uh, new rules. Perhaps we'll get into that uh, somewhere down the road. Let us know if you feel like we need a, a Crystal Skull episode. Perhaps there'll be an emergency bonus episode on the uh, Dial of Destiny, it's called, I believe. Yes, it is. I mean, I haven't seen Crystal Skull in forever, but I love, like, Kate Blanchett makes very good choice, like, strong acting choices. So I imagine there's, like, it's a good 30 minutes within that movie. Yeah, there's a few parts of that movie that are, like, you know, fine. I don't know if I want to get all the way to good, but certainly fine. I think the 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 greaser fight in the diner is particularly very fun in that movie. It's been a while, but I remember enjoying that very much. Yeah. Um, if, well, I, I feel like I, I was I was watching this. It was like I was like, didn't they did they do that in Crystal Skull? Did they do that in Crystal Skull? Because I can't remember how much of like a callback machine that was. And then I was like, oh, is Crystal Skull just like the Back to the Future meets Indiana Jones? <laughs> It's it's got a lot of that DNA in it for sure. Just because it's also you know they're both. You said greaser fight in a diner. I was like, oh right, that is also. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, So there's there's moments in in Crystal Skull, but I think it's a bad movie. Uh, I have not rewatched it in a long time. And and actually, actually, I will get into this more in that episode. I'll stop talking about it. But I truly don't know the last time I saw Temple of Doom. There's a very real possibility I saw temple of doom like one time as a child and have never seen that whole movie since i mean so that means i might have never seen the whole movie yeah yeah uh i i had the dvd i now have the blu-ray box set but i had the dvd box set and i never opened temple it was still plastic sealed i it was still plastic sealed. yeah i sold i when i moved and was downsizing it was like the last wave when you could still make some money on used dvds i sold a bunch of stuff and i was like well these will probably be worth money and they were and i had already bought it on blu-ray so i was like i might lose some special feature but i'm never gonna rewatch that like whatever i think special features uh, is the I, I disney is starting to do them and i feel like hbo max is starting to do them and i'm like or max yeah. whatever the fuck it's called now yeah. you liars you told us that you told us we wouldn't have to download anything and we did <laughs> You're so mad about it. I'd love it's it. It's a you're already uh, bullshit. I, fucking Zosloff, get out of here. It's it's annoying. I'm, you're you're correct that it's annoying. Um, Cancelled Batwoman, get out of here. I hate you all. <laughs> uh, I'm just sad that there's going to be less Michael Keaton Batman in the universe because apparently he's in like ten minutes of this Flash movie, which 
also has its own problems that like yeah I'm a not, star I'm who's under to, multiple assault alec you know yeah is a bad is currently is a person having a problem several assault charges or like has done it and been charged i don't know how it works but yeah. I, I i you know i don't want to condemn people to say like they're a bad person when maybe they're having a mental health crisis i don't know ezra miller's situation they're in a bad uh, place now they are not doing well and probably need help, but right now are a real turd mm-hmm. and are burgeoning toward the bad person cliff. I don't know if they've hit it or not. It's just so funny to point and be like, oh, remember Batwoman, the movie you canceled that didn't have any problem, but you're you're putting out the movie yeah. where... Uh... <laughs> a- apparently, it's it was very bad, is what I've heard. I've heard that it was really not a good movie. Wow. I've ne- the studios have never put out bad movies before. Well, well, but uh, but I'm not defending this. To be clear, I think it's shitty, and it's and, like a lot of people worked very hard to bring a bad movie to life, and you should let it get out there so that the little like this podcast is a great example of reappraising shitty movies. And at the beginning of this podcast ten years ago, we only said mean things for the most part, and now as I'm an older man, I and you're older too, we both try to see some good when we make fun of things. Yeah, call them terrible. Not always. There are some reprehensible things we watch. I'm I can't imagine if I rewatched uh uh what was the 3D one with Courtney Cox? Parasite? No. Yeah, if I I can't imagine I'm gonna rewatch Parasite 3D and be like, you know, I should have complimented this. But, you know, we just said some nice things about Crystal Skull, which is a movie I actively do not like. So, you know, people who work on these things should get recognized for their efforts instead of having it shoved in a trash can to save money on taxes. It's horseshit. But I think that's what this was, is like, well, this movie sucks. We're going to make no money and we can save all this tax money. It's dumb. I hate that that's how this society works. It's stupid. Yeah. But, you know, anyway. Also, pay your writers. Yeah. Pay your fucking writers, you assholes. The people who make the shit should make more money than they do universally across the board. I'm talking the 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 Teamster people, the Grips, the all those folks, the behind the scenes people, the writers, the actors, all of them. Pay more money, you assholes. This doesn't exist without those people. Uh, but I don't want to talk about that stuff because it makes me angry. And this is truly one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, I, you know. Can't can't wait to dig into this. I, I I know I said this on on Last Crusade, and I'm I'm sticking to it, having just rewatched it. I think this is a perfect movie. I think it's a ten out of ten. But I still think Last Crusade is my favorite, even though I object. Well, you're allowed to say like it's not as good. Like when I say Hereditary is objectively an excellent film, I do not yeah, want to yeah. watch it again. But it is yeah, objectively yeah. No, a great saying, movie. Yeah, I'm just saying I have a love in my heart that is big for Raiders of the Lost Ark. And I think it's a perfect movie. And yet the movie that I think is not as good I is my favorite. Yeah. So it's just a funny, yeah. Uh, Last Crusade remains my favorite. Uh, but this is a, just a wonderful piece of filmmaking. And it's been, I've, you know, been doing the Spielberg rewatches as I've talked about a few times. And, and I uh, just watched a really nice, speaking of bonus features, somebody put this, uh, all the bonus features from the Fableman's box set on uh, YouTube. Oh, nice. And so it was like, yeah, altogether it was like 45 minutes. Oh, I'm sorry. I got to circle back. You were talking about the bonus features and now we're talking about the bonus features. That's the biggest part to me of like the shift to streaming is all the shit that made me a little dork who love movies and like was so into this stuff was so accessible in the the digital or the disc era because it was all on there. These behind the scenes things and you could see the special effects people making the special effects and the makeup people doing that. Yeah. And it's like 
I don't know where that stuff exists anymore, and it makes me kind of sad. That like I said, so, so Disney does have some on some some of, of their yeah, movies. They do have yes. they'll have like four or five. Like they used yeah. to have where it was like, this is the makeup, this is the costume, yep, yep. this is the music, yep. or like whatever. Yeah. But it's yeah. just not as common anymore, and you have to like go to YouTube right. to find some like three sixty p filtered through a potato, right? Of anything you like, right? Yeah, and I it was just yeah I was just thinking about that. It's like man, like I when I can, when I watch this movie, there's a few movies from you know my youth that were very big impacts on me, and when you rewatch them, you can feel those feelings a little bit again. Obviously, I'm an old fart whose back creaks when I get out of chairs. But- <laughs> You know, I watch Indiana Jones and I can feel eight years old again. You know, parts of parts of the movie anyway. We're like, oh, man, this is so good. <laughs> like, it just makes me so happy. And it's like, man, I just hope that all the little movie nerds out there now are like figuring out where to find this stuff because I don't know where it is anymore. And it was the stuff that probably made, YouTube, you know, I hope so. I hope so. I don't see it. So I, you know, you know, I don't like actively seek it out perhaps as much as I might maybe should. But I just hope they're finding it. Uh, anyway, Raiders of the Lost Ark. 81 Harrison Ford, perhaps the hottest he's ever been. I was going to say he's daddy. Like Harrison Ford is daddy. <laughs> like incredibly attractive. Uh, you got, you got uh, Karen Allen looking fantastic. Or, wait, is it Karen cute Allen or Karen black? It's Karen. Allen. Okay. Is Karen black a different Karen black is airplane. Karen black is a different or airport. Actress. I don't know if, I don't know if, I don't know if either of those are correct. I do know that Karen Black is an actress. I can confirm that, but uh, this is Karen Allen. For sure. I think Karen Black is also in Trilogy of Terror that mom says is the scariest movie in the world. Oh, okay. I'll have to look at that. Uh, it's very fun to watch the movies that older folks say that about. Uh, my my wife's mom was talking. I probably have told this story three times on the podcast, so I apologize. Drink, I guess. Is th- that's still a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the movie that scared the pants off her when she was a little kid, her, her older siblings took her to the movies with them because they wanted to see the horror movie. And it was, is 13 ghosts the one with the glasses? Yeah. If if you want to see the ghosts, if you're brave, you put on the glasses. And if you're a scaredy cat, you don't. Okay. So I, I, she started talking about it and I'm a dork and I was like, oh yeah, with the glasses. And she was just like, oh my God. William Castle. So. Man of a thousand gimmicks. Yeah, I'm going to start like the airplane buzzers and the tingler and everyone at the table is just like. (laughs) But she. uh, So I'm like talking about all this stuff. Uh, Emergio vision. When the skeleton came out. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was a fun conversation because it led to me telling the story of seeing House on Haunted Hill along with the blob at blob fest. And then she was delighted by the blob because she vaguely remembered it. And then the next morning we're having breakfast. She was like, guess what I watched last night. And I was like, I have no idea. She's like, the blob was streaming and I watched it. What a fun movie. And we talked about the blob for a while. How so lovely. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh, but I later showed her kids, my, my wife and my wife's sister, the, some selected scenes from the William Castle movie. Cause it's on archive. It's like okay. a copyright or whatever or whatever it was easily available and i made i took a piece of saran wrap and i made like a one because that wasn't 3d goggles it was it was was a red red bar and a blue bar yeah so i made a little homemade with a piece of saran wrap and a sharpie so we could do it kind of get the effect and they were like this is the movie that mom found to be the scariest thing of all time yeah and and that's sort of the exact same way i am with um trilogy of terror because it's 
an anthology. It's a three. You've seen it. I've seen the things that she said was the scariest. Oh, oh wait, is Trilogy of Terror the one that has the uh, the doll the doll from Africa? Yes. Okay. That is the sequence. It's okay. the sequence with the doll with Karen okay. Black that she thinks is that she is so terrified by. I have read the short story that is based on. I'm not a hundred percent sure if I've seen the the movie, but I mean, like yeah, a, as a 2023 viewer of a lot of right. fi- a lot, yeah. a lot yeah. more yeah. scary yeah. movies than Mom probably consumes. I would. Right. Yes. Right. Doesn't like them. Doesn't want yeah. them. Yeah. It is charmingly adorable. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was getting at. It's like, it's very fun to like, especially because, you know. It, but my, but the way exactly she talked about it is not char, it's not like, a fu- like, yeah. oh, that was scary. She's like, no, that is no, currently no, I, the scariest movie. That is exactly how my, my, my mother-in-law talked about. 13 ghosts that's why i was saying it's like so fun to go watch someone else's yeah this is the scariest thing ever especially when it's older uh because it just obviously just doesn't hit the same but anyway all right this is way too much tangent of so many things to talk about this movie so let's get into it uh here's my first we you didn't set it up that's right we watched raiders of the lost ark so you know what that means trip get the podcast up get the podcast up trip (laughs) when the mega powers explode I'm talking about the 80s. Oh, yeah. Great Scott. Cream of the crop. Oh, 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 yeah. Mega power, yeah! When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. I got so excited, I forgot I was supposed to set up the show. I did have a thing. Oh, you can do I'll, do, I, I'll just say what it is because it's you have two two cuts. Chekhov's drinking game. Oh, sure. Because you don't get a lot of those in movies. No, you don't get a lot of those. Uh, it's also funny how you misremember details because I remember her pocketing the knife and not like lunging for it in that moment. Yeah. Anyway, the font is a little Jurassic Park adjacent. It's pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's it's a little it's a little rough because the other thing I noticed in this movie is and it must be a Lucasfilm thing. Uh, I, although I, I don't know if they did the Jurassic Park sound, but so many of the sounds in this are like halfway to the dinosaurs. I feel like we said that about another thing too. I can't remember what, yeah, but we definitely. Yeah. Well, I think the Jurassic Park dinosaur sounds are like combinations of things. Like I've heard this a bunch of times that like the T Rex thing in particular has like a swan, a pig, a swan. Yeah, yeah. Swan, pig, lion, and like yeah. wildebeest are like the big three. Yeah, but it's like a mishmash thing. So it's very possible that it's like, oh, you know, this, I grab this piece, I grab that piece, whatever. But I just, I noticed it because it was Spielberg. Um, anyway, I've been tangenting all over the place. But the point I was making with Spielberg, uh, and especially if you watch The Fablemans and get to see some recreations of the movies he made as a kid with the eight millimeter cameras, this is like so obviously exactly the movie he always wanted to make. And it shows because it's, Everything here is done with such love and care, and everything is done to make Harrison Ford, who, as you said, unbelievably, or both said, but you called him daddy. He's daddy. I said he was unbelievably hot. Uh, but it's we like, said the same thing, just in different in different languages. Every everything in this movie is geared towards making him look like the greatest hero alive, even though the character is a fool. <laughs> the character is a is a bit of a dig. He's not as I wouldn't say because I feel like a a Kurt Russell hero is a is a dingus fair i don't fair, think i would fair. put indiana jones in quite that same caliber he's he's a uh, you're correct i agree that's a good variation he's a little bumbly though yeah that's he's 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 kind of like got a weird rick moranis thing 
at times yeah. when like this movie is straight people camp. I think I said that about the last Indiana Jones and I'll say it again here. It's straight people <laughs> it's, camp. It's hammy. It's hammy. It's like it, this is the world where like the the archaeology professor is the hottest thing on camp like right. everybody wants to bone and like yeah. gunshots always sound like the and like yeah, punches yeah. sound like you're you're hitting wet meat like yeah, yeah everything yeah. is the quote the quotes version of the thing and it's a heightened world which i think in truth comes from the serials that this is sort of a love letter to the uh that they'd run the the one reeler things that would run in front of the movies you know the flash gordons and other things yeah. of that nature back in the day this is obviously that and then Eventually, they get to aliens, which doesn't really fit with that motif. And George Lucas was like, "Oh, actually, there were many aliens." Like, all right, George, go away. Uh, but the uh, okay, George, let's put the shawl back on you and get you back to the home. <laughs> go count your money. Uh, but the the stuff here is exactly what you said. It's like it's all huge, and it doesn't matter because the world is also like our world, but not really, mm-hmm. right? Like. There's a great moment early on in this movie when Indiana Jones is like, didn't you guys go to Sunday school? Like, he's annoyed that he has to explain this very basic tenet of Christianity to these two men in a world where, like, of course we're all Christians. Like, yeah. There's, like, one Jewish person in this whole movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Actually, I don't even think we meet a Jewish person. You're right. They just, just do a Jewish – I don't. they just speak Hebrew. Thing. You're right. You're right. There may be no Jewish people in – I mean, actors, I'm sure – Characters, we should say. Whatever, but – Characters, I'm not sure there are Jewish people in this movie, uh, despite the fact that <laughs> Judaism is like a significant part of this whole Ark of the Covenant business. Yeah, uh, I anyway. I don't understand that. We'll get there, <laughs> but I don't get it. Well, that's the thing is like, it's not, it's exact. like, I, we'll get there momentarily, but like, this movie is like, look, man, there's like a lot of lore and most of it's irrelevant. It's like the, the magic box has stuff in it. That's unbelievably powerful, right? Like you get that. Okay. That's all we need to progress. Well, I just, okay. Like in Greek mythology, Pandora's box is said to contain the first evil and you can't let it out. Like there's, I get a one liner of what's in the box and why it's bad to open. All I got told was this box carried the 10 commandments and all of a sudden in the third act, it's full of ghosts. (laughs) Well, no. So, okay. So you missed the bit then because you were, it's the one part of the movie that I think drags. It is the pieces of the 10 commandments. And then they show it containing this unbelievable power because it is literally containing the word of God in concentrated form. But why are they ghosts? I think they are the ghosts of all the people that have been killed by the box that they get like trapped in it. Huh? Okay. Like the word of God is so powerful, mortals cannot hear it without literally turning into ghosts and getting sucked into the box. Is how I've always interpreted. It. <laughs> That's me. Maybe not canon, but they do sort of get at this idea in the movie. I was like, it's a big <laughs> jump from Ten Commandments to ghosts. <laughs> yeah, I get the ghost. Th- I get the ghost issue for sure. Also, I think Spielberg, much like a good D and D dungeon master, I'd be curious if he played. It did not come up in the Fablemans. Uh, added to the list of things I would love to ask him if we ever get him on the podcast one day. Uh, rule of cool, man. <laughs> it looks good, so it's in the movie. That's the rule, you know. I know, I know, but like, <laughs> it doesn't have to make sense. I want a. D- I'm not asking cool. for like a lot of exposition. You can give me two lines, even let's say. It like it contains the spirit of everyone, like something to something, yeah. or like yeah. if they're yeah. if they're supposed to be angels because angels are terrifying. Like 
There's a reason yeah, angels say nasty. fear not when they appear. It's because they look like right, horrifying right, right. monsters with a hundred eyes. Pants. Yeah, yeah. Biblically, biblically accurate angels are like the rings of Saturn, but eyes surrounding someone's face and then like wings kind of floating off their back. Like the... I also I also think the thing with the with the Ark and the reason why they don't explain it is because they they're like we have no idea no one's ever laid eyes on this thing. Yeah, I know that, but like, <laughs> it should have a myth. I get yeah, what you're saying. I, I'm not disagreeing. People, even if there's like different stories, like oh the, you know the Romans said this or like whatever, but like, I just was very confused why like the 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 Ten Commandments were actually a box full of sand and that sand was a ghost. <laughs> Right. Lots of ghosts. <laughs> right. It's a weird yeah, pipeline. That, Sorry, that's a weird pipeline. I get, I get it. I get it. We- I don't disagree with what you're saying. However, shut up. This is a masterpiece. Uh, we're we're trekking through the jungle. Great introduction. With Alfred to- Molina. Uh, uh, a unibrowed snack, I would say. A, love- a lovely young snack. Because I saw his name yeah. and I was like, I don't remember him being in this movie. And I was like, this yeah. is why I don't remember him being in yeah. this movie. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love that the next guy gets so scared of a rock that he just, like, screams and runs in terror. And it's like, oh, clearly there's a mythos around this place that we aren't told as viewers. And then when he runs away, like, I think bats fly. Is it bats or birds? I think it's birds, but it could be. Bats would be the more logical given that it's a cave. But I think they are birds. Um, But this this is, like, one of those things that it's like, you can just, like, take this minute from... Trekking through the jungle through Indiana Jones's first shot and be like, here is exactly one minute. And you're like, what a incredibly cool character is on screen. Go ahead. You know what this is? You're like bursting. Yeah. <laughs> Calling back to my camp. The opening of this is the same thing as the opening of Mommy Dearest. I don't think I've seen Mommy Dearest. I'm sorry. Yes, you did. We did it on the podcast. Oh, I thought you, uh, you know what? I was thinking, that, what's the uh, John Waters one? Oh. Serial mom, uh, the yeah. mom is great. Is that, the one with the leg? is that the one with the legs up in the air on the poster? No, that's don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. That's what I was thinking of. Okay, serial mom, very fun. It's probably his most palatable okay. movie for a wide audience. Okay, um, but like over hairspray, maybe hairspray. I think, but people know the musical more than the movie. Okay. Anyway, um, I cut you off. Give give me the mommy dearest thing that I clearly don't remember. So I think I have. It opens with like even though I did shots of like over the shoulder and like things. And then there is a big Uh turnaround reveal, like a minute or two into the sequence. So it's like, I'm Joan Crawford. And that's what it is. It's like his feet, his, his shoulder, his whip, he's walking, he's doing stuff. And then he like does a turnaround in front of a river. And it's like, I'm Indiana goddamn fucking fucking Jones. The steam coming behind him too, like clearly blown in from off camera. It's like, what a fucking intro. This is the coolest man who's ever lived. What are you talking yeah, about? He's no like, snake oh Plissken. Let's not. I, I don't know. I truly don't know. I think it's like a real. I personally, I, I love Indiana Jones. I have no problem with him. Snake Plissken's cooler. Think, Sorry. I think Snake Plissken is scarier, not cooler. That's that's what I think. I think the really? edge is there, which maybe translate. I think Snake Plissken is a little. Is, I think if if the two of these guys were sitting at a bar and I had the opportunity to strike up a conversation, which I wouldn't do because I'd be intimidated by both of them. They're incredibly attractive, uh, and obviously would be have let's like fifty people trying to talk to them because again, it's Snake Plissken and and, and Indiana Jones, the fictional characters. Indy kind eyes, you know. Snake Plissken eye patch. 
miserable bastard look about him. I think he he's cool undeniably, but I I, I think it might be indie for me. It's I was like, we spent a long time gushing about how cool Snake Plissken was. Snake Plissken is incredibly cool, incredibly cool. But uh, you know, I my heart belongs to India. What can I say? What's his name in Chinatown? Jack what? Jack Burton. I I mean Jack Burton, uh, a whole different field. He's playing a different yeah. sport than Snake Plissken. <laughs> He is, Equally he is, cool, but different sport. Is, yes, 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 uh, for sure. I just would be intimidated by Snake Plissken. I, I, maybe Harrison is a more approachable cool as Indy than Snake Plissken. Yeah, is, this is what I'm getting at. Yeah, that's that's me. You don't have to be. You don't have to agree. But yeah, it's just like the stuff Spielberg made as a kid were like little war movies and and junk like that. And like these are clearly the movies that he's inspired. Did he by direct Super Eight or from, produce it? I don't think either. He doesn't have anything to do with Super 8? I really don't think so. I thought it was, because it was like very much his childhood. I mean, obviously not the no, alien part. No, it's it's J.J. Abrams doing a Spielberg thing. Oh, maybe that's what it was. Yeah. I think, I also think that it's like, I'm, the train thing also is very confusing, because Spielberg is obsessed with trains. Yeah. Uh, but I do think it's like, uh, I'm J.J. Abrams, and I'm making my love letter to the greatest director of all time, Steven Spielberg, a guy whose jock I couldn't hold with a 10-ton truck to help me. Why are you, you doing know, George Lucas for J.J. Abrams? Is that what he sounds like? George, George is actually a little different. It's a slight variance in nerdery. George, you sound like two Kermit, the dueling Kermits. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very slight difference, but J.J.'s a little higher. That's all. <laughs> Duel of the Kermits. Oh, no. I did. I did, I did Uber driver voice uh, for a bit at work when I was trying to like do an annoying person, and someone was like, "I didn't know Kermit was here," and I was like, "Um, actually, uh, hold on, I gotta find Uber driver now." But I did, I was, I went from Uber driver voice to Kermit, and was like, "Um, actually, Kermit is a little bit different than the guy I was just doing," and they were, they were, people were a little bit like, "You're embarrassing." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. Uh, but he's like, we got the map in the foreground, Melina in the background, and then uh, the mist and the whip. It just, it just, I love a whip. Cool. I Pure love swing. a whip. It's such a great weapon. Yeah. Also, I love that in this movie that there are, there's a set of rules for how this thing works. They have absolutely nothing to do with the way It's it how most movies life. treat whips, though. Yeah. They're like a, 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 a lasso? A grappling hook. A grappling it's hook? A grappling hook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He can like throw it around a beam and it snaps tight and holds his weight. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Catwoman, Catwoman does the same thing. That's, yeah, we love it. Yeah. Well, I think Catwoman does it because Indy does it. I think this is like the, the, the genesis of the, the whip is Gatling or grappling. No, because I think also fun, dumb trivia. If you ever want to uh, stump some people, ask them what the first man made object to break the sound barrier was. Is it not a whip? No, it is a whip, oh. but people are like, uh, think it's like a jet or something. Oh, like that crazy one from like 10 years ago that looked like the the earth was opening up. The jet? There was some crazy jet thing that like oh, okay. was being tested and they, they had, they like told everyone first because they were like, if we don't, sure. this looks like Stranger Things is happening. <laughs> I don't remember what you're talking about. I don't have to Google I can't remember what it's called. Um, but, but I anyway, think Catwoman yeah, was doing that with whips like in, in like the forties when she first debuted in a dress. Was she swinging around like that? Like grappling hook? Okay. Maybe I think so. Movie logic. It, it could probably comes from adventure movies. I'm probably, you know, whatever. Uh, Melina is so perfect as the sidekick in this. And I think kind of like actively fucked up Indiana Jones sidekickery forever because 
so many of his sidekicks and subsequent things are like shit scared and and you know terrified and yeah it's just like uh no this works but it works to establish the character now we don't need it anymore but it's like but also like why would the- indiana jones pick that person to like be his number two on the next expedition do you know what i mean well so well, he has like four people with him, and then one by one, they like first guy tries. To no, I just mean like if what, like, what you're saying, like every sidekick shouldn't be like Indy would not keep picking this like scaredy pants for every sidekick yeah. for every mission. I assume that it's like he got there and he had forty eight dollars, and this is what that bought him. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because he's shoestring in this. But it also really sets up the character because, like, you know, this is 40 years later. We've seen Indiana Jones a billion times in a billion iterations. We've seen Kermit be Indiana Jones. We've watched the stunt spectacular. And I got notes about that, too. Like, yeah. (laughs) But like here, it's like you have this guy calm, cool and collected. And right behind him is a dude who, like most of us, is shitting his pants at this. It's like this is scary and bad. What are you doing? And he's like, no, it's fine. No, it's fine. Uh, we got the whip jump here and, and then the, this is the thing I needed to ask you. Cause I don't want to, we're going to maybe gloss over some plot of this movie, uh, given that everyone, I assume listening to this has seen it. You've, you've, you've got the script. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and you're up for Alfred Molina because it's 1981 and they're like, you'll just get a tan and you'll play not white. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was me for a while. Exactly what we did. Yeah. Would you take this for like a standard actor paycheck? To be in a movie with like a good pedigree like this, if you had to be the Alfred Molina spider part. So I'm think this is not like what? Molina did not make a big chunk of change for this, right? Like he maybe made more than a day player, but he's not making like a big fat bump. So what dollar amount are you think are you picturing when you say that? Like under five grand. I might. It would take okay. a lot of like thought. Um, that that you don't get when you get offered things like that. You don't get a lot of time to think for that kind of thing. Um, It would take a lot of thought and I would probably pop a zanny. Um, (laughs) But like to work in a movie with someone of the caliber of, you know, Harrison Ford in 81 and a director like Steven Spielberg, like, right. And it's not like I'm like, if they were like, oh, you're going to like, you're in a crowd of people that get spiders dumped on you. Like, no, I won't. I'm sorry. I can't do that. <laughs> you're not, you're, you have a role. You're not an actor. Yeah. I have, yeah. I have lines and a role and I'm featured on camera and yeah. my name's yeah. in the opening credits. It's a pretty good role. Honestly, it's a pretty His name's good role. in the opening credits. Like, yeah, it's yeah. wild. Yeah. I would yeah. for like, it, it, he, he is like, because this movie is so iconic and memorable, he falls lower, but like. No lower than like the sixth or seventh most memorable portion of this movie. That he yeah, he's up there. Yeah. So like I, as long as it was, I would say around five k. What's, what's what's the do- okay? Is I was gonna say what is the dollar value at which it's like yes. Anything really- lower than forty five hundred? No. Okay. Just because there's a very like there's, there's a very real world in which like Molina made like twenty five hundred dollars to be in this movie. I have no idea, right? But like, I'm also like thinking like in people. terms of, like that would be in twenty five hundred and then money. So I'm I'm right. guessing it's probably yeah yeah yeah. yeah. So I would say no less than forty five hundred. Okay. And also, I would need to have like lots of conversations with the animal people. <laughs> the uh, the my brother my brother and me TV show. One of the brothers is very afraid of spiders, and they of course had like a spider guy come on the show and do a bit. And eventually, there was like a lot of open containers of spiders, and the brother was like. 
uh, Travis, the one who's afraid of spiders, was like, I'm willing to let that spider walk in my on my hand if you put away all of the other spiders because there are too many loose spiders here. And the spider guy was so excited by it. You can like see it jump off screen that he just like immediately starts herding spiders back to where they belong, oh, and putting lids on jars so that they can do this bit. Very good stuff. Yeah, I could not. Um, also, yeah. the, in this world, the spiders move so fast. Like they walk yes. into this tunnel and their back is covered in spiders, which like. Yeah. I I don't think spiders move that fast. <laughs> no. I, well, I assume they're dropping from the ceiling. Well, they're tarantulas. Tarantulas don't do webs. Well, we know that, but I yeah. think in the movie oh. part, they're like walking through cobwebs and stuff. I don't think they are necessarily with the th- what you think. You know what I mean? It's like they need a spider that looks big on camera. Yeah. And so it's a tarantula by default. It's my guess. Because they almost Maybe. did a tarantula for fucking uh, Sam Raimi Spider-Man. Speaking of Alfred Molina. Oh yeah, they yeah. almost did a, a a tarantula for that, and they're like, they don't really do webs, and also that's too big. Yeah, but you, I think tarantula is the default movie spider just because it's huge and you can see it easily on camera. Yeah. Like that's why it's a tarantula in Home Alone, obviously. Yeah. Well, I guess it's also a pet, but whatever. This whole sequence, like, I can spend. That's I the one thing my kid will like if my kid asks me for. Th- I'm, that's the thing I'm denying him. No spider. Yeah, you can't have a spider pet. Yeah, I will do literally. We can do literally anything else you want to do. I don't care. I will absolutely not have a spider like like living in my home for a purpose. It seems like a, it seems like a reasonable rule. Um, I you know you could do I could do a two hour movie or movie podcast on just this sequence of like collecting the fertility idol, but it's like every shot of this is is better than last. We have the the you know the he talks about the guy who was his rival who came in here and he never was heard of again, and then we see that guy like strung up on the on the spears that come out of the wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you watch the Diet Coke commercial? That I I, I did not. Day? I'm sorry. I'm gonna post it with this because it is you you should watch it because it's fantastic. It's a two minute long Diet Coke commercial. Uh, if you if you pay attention to the clips of Raiders of the Lost Ark that they use in it, it it would take this woman like a full a hundred minutes to get the, the Diet Coke. <laughs> but she's she's like going to the fridge and like the floor separates like the like the gap here that you have to jump over. And then they have a a stunt double play Indiana Jones and they never show his face. It's like the hell of that down and stuff. And it, it's just a body double basically. But she they do all these Indiana Jones stunts. Just to get a Diet Coke to the guy, the the couple, the man half of the couple watching Indiana Jones on television. Was it like a partnership to be like, Indiana Jones is going to be uh-huh. playing on ABC yep. or like whatever? I think it might have been an ad for Coke with Indiana Jones being on VHS. Because I, I, oh, yeah. I saw this. I saw this posted. That's why I shared it. It was on Reddit, I think, or maybe Twitter. And people were like, oh, this was on so many VHS tapes I had as a kid. And so it's probably like a combo ad like that. Um, also, like, I know I'm not, like, a science smart guy. Mm-hmm. How in the world does the stupid, like, light beam trigger? <laughs> like, those things work today because it's a laser shooting at a mirror that goes back. And when it is broken, you have to break the beam. But, like, these are just like, oh, it's sunlight. It's bright sunlight. And when you step in front of it, it makes something happen. Which is like, How? Yeah, I mean, it's magic, obviously. I don't know. Obviously. I just didn't know if there was ever like a, did anyone ever do that? It's possible, but I don't know it. Uh, I, You know, we have that. We have the, the put the whip around the beam and jump over. Then we have the, the things on the floor, the pressure pads. Uh, and then, of course, we finally get to the fertility idol. The idol the, is so hilarious looking. Like It's very strange. The idol 
it's it's its facial expression looks like it's a friend at like a real housewives dinner party and two other two of the housewives are fighting and it's just sitting there that's what its face <laughs> looks trying, like they're trying to enjoy their caesar salad yeah they're like i i got a souffle <laughs> we we i can't leave i ordered they're a like, souffle there's like the servers coming around with like a with like the with the food and they have to be like that's mine over here <laughs> As like Kyle Richards is like, how dare you? Do you have the Do you have the orange glazed salmon? Yeah, the orange uh, orange orange glazed orange glazed sa- orange glazed salmon. Yeah, here, here. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so as much. it's just like, I don't. Want the fish fork. I, how dare you? You. I don't. I don't want the fish fork. No, you don't. Don't come back with a fish. I don't have time for this. I don't. No, I don't want a fish fork. Yeah, that's the idol's face. Is just like. It's a grimacing grin. Yeah. Uh, I, I had a, 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 somebody brought in to work one time, one of those like bank versions of it. I don't know if you've ever seen it, like a kid's bank version of it. Oh, of the idol. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And it's like, it's so funny to hold in your hands. Like it is, a, the is it like shiny sizes. looking? It is like a shiny, like, um, but not, not, uh, not metallic, not the way metal is shiny, but it's like painted to look, mm. you know, like gold. It's, uh, it's you know like a children's bank. That's it's not sort like of like rubber, vinyl, like plastic rubber. Yeah, it's vinyl. Yeah, that's what I want. It's like a gold vinyl. I don't think I saw one of those in Disney. I sent you the picture when I went last time of like they have an yeah. Indiana Jones little like wall of stuff in one of the stores now, yeah. and I don't remember if I saw that there. I don't. I haven't. Se- I had not seen it before, but I was delighted by it because I I wore a very. It's uh, what's that thing people do when they wear like Disney Disney bounding stuff to the. Yeah, I basically did Indiana Jones bounding as a Halloween costume at work one time. I'm sure I it's an easy one on the podcast. Yeah, I had all the stuff and it's like I wore a hat and I put the whip on my belt. And then my shitty boss was like so furious that my because my friend uh, Angie was like, oh, do you want to dress up? And I was like, yeah, I'll do something very casual. And she's like, "Okay." so she like put on this like kind of flowy Grecian dress over her work clothes. And I put I wore like a white shirt tucked into brown pants and I had the whip on my belt and the hat and I wore my leather coat and he was like furious about this like genuinely very upset he's like what if I had to send you to city council and I was like I'd take off the hat and the whip and I'd be wearing a white shirt like <laughs> and the the other editor I love this she was like he's dressed nicer than he is most days when he comes to work <laughs> and I started cracking up and she's like you see I was like he's she's right I wear a polo shirt every day and she's like yeah he's wearing a button-down shirt like it's cute if he's wearing the stuff and then I was so vindicated like a, a years later I did the same thing at another job and you used to get a free Chipotle or half off your Chipotle yeah burritos that was the shit yeah yeah and and I went in there and the guy didn't give me the discount. And I was like, I was like, come on, man, I'm wearing a costume. And they're like, who are you? And the person in line behind me, who thankfully was a young person, because I was like, oh, my God, do young people not know Indiana Jones anymore? was like, he's obviously Indiana Jones. And the guy was like, whatever, rolling his eyes and took the five dollars off my burrito. But I was like, come on, man. Yeah, I used to love bur- that was like my favorite thing to do on Halloween. Yeah, I would. I went there for lunch on a lot of Halloweens when I worked at that job, and then they made it. You had to dress up like a burrito, and it wasn't as fun for me anymore. Wait, they did? That I didn't hear about that one. That particular location was like, "Come dressed as a burrito, and we'll give you a free burrito." And I was like, "Well, I have dignity." <laughs> Some. Uh, anyway, we get the the bag of sand. Oh shit! I did not put the amount of sand in here correctly, as no human being possibly could. Yeah, That's completely random chance. Uh, and then the walls are crumbling down. This is a job Lena for the second goes, unit director. 
Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, this is a big part of that stunt show we talked about in, in Disney World, uh, which is crazy that they're still filming the stunt show for a movie that came out 42 years ago. Still filming the second unit. Oh, yes. I was like, they don't film it. I was like, no, I see what you're doing. I, see, I got it. I am here now. The, the kayfabe of that stunt show is that they are actively filming the second unit for Indiana Jones. Oh, I didn't. I, it's been a minute since I've actually seen. I just I thought they were just like, this is what a second unit does. No, the kayfabe of that show is we are shooting second unit for Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, a movie that has now been out for four. Do they have years? Do they have like voiceover from Spielberg at all to be like, no, no Spielberg. And there may have one time been, but not anymore. It's hosted, the last time I went, it's hosted by that guy uh, who hosts most of the Disney, like, parades and stuff that they stream on YouTube. He's a tall, thin, bald guy, and he's he's got a really great booming voice, and he was oh. the host. And I was like, hey, that's the guy I've seen from YouTube. I do not remember that. We got Molina. He gets across, and then he, you know, has the whip. Throw me the idol, and I'll throw you the whip. And, of course, it's like, sorry, bud, and then leaves. Yeah, uh, I love the I love the he grabs this he jumps across and he grabs onto this uh, like dry reed reed yeah thank you and it's like the magician with the scarf <laughs> yes. where he's like pulling it out or like a little kid pulling tissues out of a box cats cats with the toilet paper yeah 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 just <laughs> coming out of it uh, he gets out he's covered in cobwebs and leaves and oh here's Belloc the the villain of the movie well, yeah, for, first here's Alfred Molina's dead body. Uh, okay, we gotta talk about this. I mean, it looks that's the movie is telling us it's Alfred Molina's dead body. <laughs> I I'm not kidding you. I've seen this movie a billion times. I truly couldn't put a number on it. And I today watching it was like, wait, who's? Oh right, it's Alfred Molina. <laughs> but it doesn't look anything like no. Alfred Molina. Why didn't they get a face mask of Alfred Molina? What the hell? Maybe he lost. Maybe he put on weights between then and then. I don't know. But also, like, why isn't it the back of his head, right? Like, wouldn't that make, solve this problem so easily? Oh, it should have. That's 100% the easier choice. But then I guess it's hard for yeah. Indy to be like, well, sorry, buddy. Yeah. I don't know. It cracked me up. And I was like, wow, this doesn't look any. It looks about as much like Alfred Molina as it looks like you or me. Yes. It's just like a guy. Uh, so anyway, Belloc steals the idol. We get this great piece of John Williams music as Indy. He just knows what he's doing. Jungle. He's so good. I mean, the master, the, the the greatest living composer, bar none. I'm sorry. Yeah. For me, anyway. Although Silvestri's uh, pretty great. Silvestri is very good. Isn't he dead? I have no idea. No, Horner's dead. Horner's James dead. Horner is dead. The other guy we liked. Yeah, okay. Uh, sorry, Alan Silvestri. I hope I didn't just jinx you. I also like Danny uh, Elfman, fingers, but I know his Daniel stuff Williams. is more specific. I like... I, I have come, I've softened on my dislike of Elfman. I still think John Williams is, is I, just, I think, I think for me, I said it before. I think Danny Elfman is like saffron, whereas John Williams is like sure. garlic powder. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's just going to go yeah. in more stuff. Uh, yeah, for sure. Elfman, very talented. I enjoy, I have come very, come very much. When you need him, you need him. From, He's great. Yeah. No, yeah, that's a great, that's a great way to put it. Uh, John Williams performing here in DC later this summer. Cross your fingers for me out there, everybody. Dying to get to see him. Got well, you th- you theoretically did see him that one time in a balcony. I am sure that that was him. I I have, I absolutely am sure of it. Uh, <laughs> but my wife <laughs> says that was just an old man in a suit. Yeah, yeah. Like no, it was a tuxedo. It was a tuxedo. It was John Williams. Um. I love this little bit. So he's got Jack, Jack Lindsay and his pilot is fishing. Off who now has a restaurant in Disney Springs. Jack That's Lindsay's right. hangar right. bar. 
Yeah. Uh, where you can eat in a diving bell, which is kind of fun. But he's he's like, he hears Indy and he clearly has just hooked a fish and is like, should I, should I? And then eventually you can tell him, be like, oh, fine. And he puts the thing down and then you see this army come running out of him. Yes. <laughs> and, then, and him going from like, uh, fine to, oh shit, is such a good little piece of acting from this guy who he gets like two lines. Very, very good stuff. It is so funny that this like nothing character is like, mm. has a restaurant in Disney Springs. It's yeah. wild. I, I, I truly think it's just because like a bunch of dorks run the show. You know what I mean? And it was like, we need something themed. And they're like, what if it was Indiana Jones? Well, how are we going to do that? Uh, Jock Lindsay. I was like, but Marion owns a bar. <laughs> well, it burns down in this movie. So what? <laughs> Marion could have rebuilt here in Florida. <laughs> like, come on. I think, I think, I think the other thing too is. Jock Lindsay, just based on his ball cap and shirt, seems to have like a Jimmy Buffett. I literally was about to say Jimmy Buffett. (laughs) Uh, Much like you can see Jimmy's playing the Hemisphere Dancer at uh, Universal Studios at the uh, City Walk. Uh, Yeah. You know. Featured in Jurassic Park, no, Jurassic World. uh, The plane isn't. No, but Jimmy Buffett is. Oh, well, his plane that's in the harbor at Universal Studios is actually Jimmy Buffett's plane. Oh, shit. Really? It was also once shot at in by the Jamaican government. Uh, he wrote a song about it called Jamaica Mistaka. He wasn't on board, but I believe Bono from U2 was. Like they borrowed his plane? Yes. And then it got shot at by the Jamaican government who, for, due to some sort of misunderstanding. Huh. Wow. But that's Jimmy You would Buffett think he would have like dual citizenship plane. at this point. <laughs> of Jamaica. Jimmy Buffett would just have- would... In the Caribbean? Yeah. Like it feels enough of his vibe at this point that like, <laughs> right? <laughs> Tell me I'm not wrong. Buffett is an honorary citizen of any place with a beach vibe. Yeah. (laughs) He goes to the south of France. They're like, hey, go on, go on down. Not quite there, but I like the Caribbean, Jamaica. Okay. Okay. Gulf of Mexico? Yeah, I'll allow that too. (laughs) We're getting away from the like island vibe. Okay. Okay. Well, I wasn't sure if like Cancun counts because I feel like Cancun has that sort of energy. It's similar energy, I will say. <laughs> but I think, like, to me, like, yeah, Jamaica, is- Barbados, Bermuda. Okay. Bahama. The Bahamas, the Caribbean. Come on. Yeah. What? Just gonna let that go? I was I was doing the Kokomo. Oh, shit. You said Bermuda. It's, wait, said it's Bahama. <laughs> and you said, yeah, Bahama. Aru- no, it's Aruba. Wait, Ar- Aruba, Jamaica. To Bermuda. Oh, you're right. You know, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's, you said, I said Bahama, you said Bahamas, and I said, come on, which both worked as me being annoyed at being corrected and also was the next lyric. You're right. I thought you were, I thought you were going to hit me with a pretty mama. I actually, so I know that song mostly because it was, there was a Muppets the music Muppet video. Treasure Island? Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's not Treasure Island. I, I think it might've been on Muppet Treasure Island. There was a music video after or before oh, for Kokomo. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. With all the one-off weird, like, coconut Muppets <laughs> and, like, crab Muppet. The Muppets you never right. see again, except for when they're, like, right. in a grocery store or it's, like, a, yeah, an outdoor exactly. market. And you're like, who are these Muppets? I don't know them. I, I imagine there's a crate at, at Henson Studios that's just labeled, like, produce. Bushel of crabs. Full of these. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sea life. I'm betting they're all kind of, like... A little sewn on it so it's like it's just like a, f- a bucket full of fake ice and the uh-huh, crab puppets uh-huh. kind of like tied into it so you sure, just like pull the whole thing the out sense. 
So uh, he, he, this is where we get the first instance of he, Indy's afraid of snakes because Jock's uh, pet snake is in there. And it's, by the way, Jock as in like Jocks versus Geeks, not Jock the French name. Yeah, like a jock strap. Um, also, was it was the so was the snake not there on the flight there or like what happened? I'm I'm wondering if the snake like slithered from Jock's port compartment to to Indy's compartment over the course of the fishing. Oh, but it, it's not it's not like a commercial plane. It's it's two people like hanging out the top of a tuna can. It's a prop plane. Yeah, yeah. It's a we, it's a prop plane. You said two people hanging out the top of a tuna can. It's great. <laughs> I was I think I thought they called those planes tuna yeah. cans. I. I've not heard it before, but I I believe it. It's just you know a little little prop biplane yeah. with uh, seep seep fins on it. Um, so I also want to say the snake thing will obviously come up later, uh, and it is very nicely referenced in Last Crusade as we talked about in our previous episode, or, or set up rather, not referenced because that's a prequel. Um, Indy seems like a much more competent teacher here than in Last Crusade. It's like he in the eight years between he like totally checked out. Well, he probably got tenure retirement. Yeah, a hundred percent. Indy, the yeah. obtainer of rare antiquities and like sole funder and sure. filler of the museum sure. of, of, of the college is sure. like, what are you going to do? Fire me? Yeah. Got it in one. Absolutely. But here he's still he's still like young and hungry. Oh, yeah. But like kind of like giving a Rick Moranis performance in this yeah, scene. Yeah. But I all love, of his students want a bone. <laughs> I wonder if it was scripted. And I I didn't look it up, so if someone out there knows, I, you know, send a tweet. But the part where he's writing Neolithic on the board and he stops and like spells it out is just one of those little great moments of it is. something feel so real. That and there's one student has "Love You" written on her eyelids, which I always yes. remember but can never remember which movie it's in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, it's very funny to hear that like the lecture finishes, one kid gives him an apple, but all the kids leave. And in Last it's, Crusade, the lecture finishes, and it's four hundred kids acting like zombies, like it's Elvis. It, it's like there's yeah, it, well, it's, teens for Elvis on the Ed Sullivan Show. Absolutely, but also it's like well, clearly he's a better teacher here because. Otherwise, every single student is like, I don't understand a word of what you just said. Yeah. Also, I feel like my head canon is that the the stu- the boy who gives the apples gay because he waits till everyone leaves to like, he does drop it on the desk and be like and run away. And then Marcus Brody immediately snatches that up. I keep thinking Marcus Brody looks like a- an actor or a character in something else, and he's not, and I can't place it. I know he was in Trading Places, but he looks like a character that was yeah. in, um, I think, an episode of Murder She Wrote. Like he, like uh, one of those kind of characters. But it's not him. I would him. bet. I would I, without or the Golden yet, Girls. I would bet you. I'd bet you nearly any amount of money that he was in both of those shows. He wasn't. I at least on I, at least on Wikipedia, it wasn't there. Oh really? Yeah, because I thought he played like Blanche's dad or something. Oh okay. Uh, well, he also, that's uh, a complaint people have at Last Crusade that like Brody's kind of a bumbling fool. Yes. I've always. My, that was my complaint. Me. Hi. I'm the complainer. <laughs> but Brody is not very. It's not like Brody does anything in this movie. He's just an administrator. So I don't think it's that insane. Because I, I feel like I remember the conversation with you being like, I haven't watched it in a long enough time to argue with you. So let me watch it. And now I watch this. I'm like, I don't know. I would kind of believe that this guy wouldn't know what the fuck to do if you plopped him out in the jungle. It's just, it feels so aggressively stupid. In he is yeah in Last Crusade, wrong. but I just he's does anyone really speak evil. English? Hello, in this Cairo market, or ancient or ancient Sumerian. Like it just feels aggressively dumb. 
it's one of the best jokes in cinema history that one you're you're clowning on so i'm gonna have to raise an objection with the court and we could come back to it later but i i would say for an analogy that perhaps will land with you now that you finally watched the very good show brooklyn 99 he's kind of like a hitchcock or a scully where it's like very good at the paperwork and then when you make him go out in the field he's like i can see that i guess I think that's sort of his energy. But anyway, they refer to him as an obtainer of rare antiquities, which is a really <laughs> clever way of saying that. A fucking thief. A thief. A thief. I would love to see uh, a like a Netflix or like Hulu thing where it's like three episodes from a different person's perspective. One is Indiana Jones, one's Lara Croft, and the other is Nathan Drake, and they're all going after the same thing. Ah. Uh, and like they keep kind of like almost running into each other and so each episode is like oh that's where indy took the thing i thought you were how about we had a fourth episode which is like the people who the thing rightfully i mean that yes stop stealing our shit very much (laughs) that but so the government shows up and is like we need to have a private conversation and their idea of having a private conversation is in a giant (laughs) auditorium lecture hall that echoes 400 seat lecture hall it's so insane why would they bring him to this classroom that seats 20 (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or his office, perhaps. I will Maybe say the office was mobbed by look, students. That's true. That's that was the problem in the other movie. Uh so that's probably it here. It is a very cool looking lecture hall. It like, is, but like not, not practical cool. in terms of no. Nazi government secrets. Or no, anti Nazi no. government secret. The second one, yes. Um you're getting confused with Marvel where everybody was a secret Nazi. Oh god. Oh, that was a weird one. Um get a big old yeah, arc so exposition dump. Yeah, and, and and this is the part of the movie that drags, but it's also like a five-minute scene that very compactly is like, okay, the Nazis are looking for the Ark of the Covenant, your professor uh, is missing, and he's the only one who knows anything about it, we need you to go look for the professor and go get this Ark from the Nazis, and then Indy has to be like, oh, well, don't you know anything about the Ark of the Covenant? And they're like, no, we're dummos. And so he has to be like, well, here's the Ark of the Covenant. And he shows him the picture with the like the laser beam coming out of it where he's like, I don't know, lightning, whatever. Who knows what it is? And I think that's the shrug that lets off the ghosts, which obviously perturbs you quite a bit. But where it's like, it, if no it was just knows, lightning or, la- or a laser beam, then that's fine. I That's cool. Yeah. As soon as you start having like the end of the exorcist, not the exorcist, poltergeist, yeah. the end of poltergeist, poltergeist happens. And it's like, yeah. what? Yeah. Yeah, it is weird. Also, I agree. was that a thing before this movie that like the Ark of the Covenant was like a, a weapony type thing, or was that sort of skewed for for cinema? I wish I knew the answer. I don't know because I know the Ark of the Covenant was a thing in like religious yeah, world. Absolutely. I just was like, was I believe, it? I I always thought that the Ark of the Covenant was carrying the J Man's remains and not the tablet of the 10 commandments but i really have no idea i would have thought i mean that makes more sense it's weird that it, i i mean i guess not but kind of weird that they're like these important tablets we need to carry them around in a gilded box that's so heavy right well well they that the way they explain it is that this that this is lit, like the tablets that moses brought down are literally the word of god made manifest yeah and so that's why they carry such power because it just seems like god would be like hey don't guilt i'm not about the gilding thing like the god that the re- quote-unquote real I mean, god that a lot of people talk about i mean if you were to look at any of the churches that supposedly have a direct line to the guy he really fucking loves gold yeah that's uh, this okay that's the thing i was wrong i was totally wrong According to the book of Exodus, the Ark contains the stone tablets of the Ten Commandments. 
Yeah. As well as Aaron's rod and a pot of mana. What did you say? That's what the movie so says. I, I just said, I just said, okay, well, I was saying, you said, is this the, the real story? And I said, no, I said, was not. the weapony part, like, was the like smiting from the arc part of the original tale? Gotcha. Uh, I'm, I'm scrolling the Wikipedia to see if there is the picture of the, uh, the arc destroying souls. Honestly, this looks, I'm, I mean, it's a very in-depth Wikipedia article that I don't know that much about. It seems like not insane that it might, uh... Be full of ghosts? Yeah. I mean, not full of ghosts, but just like, you know, like, a, you know, don't op- open this on, on penalty of death. Yeah. Here there be monsters. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going to read this whole thing. No, you don't have to. I was. I was <laughs> we will not know. Yeah, yeah. We don't have. We're, we're like, not one of the podcasts lucky hoping... enough to be like, "Hey, can you fact check that for me as we continue?" <laughs> I was. I was hoping that there would be like in big bold letters dangers. You know, like a <laughs> on the Ark of the Covenant page that no. I'd be like, God, but like the whole. I would say the whole point of the Holy yeah. Grail was that it was the humble cup, and then <laughs> the Ark of the Covenant is like not right. Not a humble suitcase. Yeah. Exactly. Which again, you'd think. Someone would be would be stepping some someone in the in the god to somewhere along the string between the two Dixie cups. Someone would be like, "Hey, I don't like this. Don't do it." <laughs> but that's just me. Yeah, that's the problem. That's the problem when your methods your your messages are are not con- you know not conveyed directly, but rather through people suffering likely from mental illnesses through the Dixie cup with the strings. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, we get a Marion Ravenwood name drop. Yep, yep. And then you know, we get introduced to her. And, and he goes, I don't believe in magic. And I was like, and after this movie, you still won't believe in magic. For some reason, you buffoon. Right. Much like all movies ever made, everything that happens is forgotten in the sequel. Oh, they also mentioned the whole thing with the staff and the thing on the top. Yeah. And the, and the, the, the beam of light, which is I th- one of the coolest scenes in the movie. Um. I love, so we go to Indy's house with Marcus Brody and he gets a suitcase out and he's packing for the trip and it's like, jacket, whip, gun, gun done. <laughs> I mean, that's all he wears. No underwear. <laughs> Frankly, no, what it should have been, it should have opened the closet and been like, socks? it should have been like six white button downs, six khaki pants <laughs> and six leather jackets. And he just goes, I'll take two of those. It's a two day trip. <laughs> Indiana Jones has a Doug Funny closet. That's he's basically a cartoon character closet. <laughs> and then he should have one of those like like hard hard plastic like hat containers that like is shaped exactly sure. like his hat so his hat doesn't get crushed yeah. in travel. Like Indiana Jones doesn't change his underwear or socks ever, I guess. It seems like a sweaty job that he does. He is a sweaty man as we see throughout this movie. Yeah, very sweaty representation for my people on screen. <laughs> uh great map transition. We we call for these all the time. All the time they're great. They're great. Yeah. This wasn't the uh, first time that ever happened in a movie, was it? I can't imagine that the answer is yes, but certainly they have owned it in perpetuity. Because I'm guess I'm feeling like the original mummy or like one of those universal monster movies might have done something like that to like show passage i just watched the original mummy and i don't remember it so i can say i start i tried to but it it was so goddamn boring it is very boring for 70 minute movie it feels like three it's drier than the mummy it's drier than the mummy himself yeah yeah Yeah. give me brendan fraser any day buddy sorry (laughs) oh uh, the 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 undoubtedly third best indiana jones movie is the mummy Assuming this new one doesn't displace it but i can't imagine yeah it's Uh, it'll be good but it can't be that good sorry it cannot be that good this movie is 
I frankly think this movie is going to stink. I'm just hoping for the best. I think it's going to be a solid fine. I don't think it's going to like make it's not going to make waves because movies can't do that anymore. If this movie is a 6.8, I will be ecstatic with it, honestly. So is 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 someone playing like Indy's kid with him? She's his goddaughter? Oh, who is she? Who it's a girl? It's uh it's Phoebe Waller Bridges from Fleabag. Oh, oh, oh. She's older than I was expecting. I was expecting like yeah. a young up and comer kind of thing. No. Not that no, Phoebe I not that Phoebe Waller like, is like ancient. It's just I was picturing like Shia LaBeouf that they did in the last one. Yeah, no. Yeah. I mean you gotta remember that Shia LaBeouf movie is almost twenty years ago. No, I know that. So I didn't think they were gonna put Shia, but I spent like someone around that age. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a goddaughter, I think, is the relationship. Okay. Anyway, uh yeah, no, I I, I mean Phoebe Waller Bridge is really talented. Fleabag is very good. It's you know, not the most pleasant show to watch, but very good. Yeah. Um we're doing the shot competition here with Marion. And I have to say, as a per- uh, you know, as a kid, never thought about this. No. But as an adult who's who's drank alcohol and had too much alcohol on occasion, uh, I don't think this is how this would go. Like you would drink them um, unless they've already been I guess they've already been drinking all night and so Probably. It's like because because like when you pass out from alcohol, it's not like I've had this shot and clunk. It's like the body keeps on going. You know what I mean? Sometimes though, I know people that like they do they do it and then they're like, and this is my sleeping corner. Yeah, you just like watch yeah, the maybe. steam run out. Yeah, I just it sh- it would shock me to see someone like finish a sip of alcohol and that happen immediately thereafter. But whatever, it's a movie. Who cares? Also, I will I I do have a, a mini gripe about. Marion's characterization and that we're introduced and she's like running a bar in like Tibet like a very like kind of gruff and tumbly kind of place running like owning a bar drinking people under the table taking their money from the bet and no one like hassles her or like tries to steal from Mm her and so like that those characterizations lead me to believe that like oh you're a, a fighting badass probably like you're like a Ruby Rose kind of deal. Okay. Do you think it's because she like got here, kicked a few asses and earned the respect? It could be, but it's just like, that's the characterization I was expecting. And then it, she kind of becomes a damsel, a damsel for a good portion. I, I, she does a little bit, but she's fighting all the time, right? Like, like she's got the frying pan and she fights a guy with a knife and she knocks him out. It's only when like six guys get her at the same time, which also like when six guys get Indiana Jones, he gets caught too. Yeah. So I guess it just doesn't feel, and maybe this could be a Karen Allen thing. I don't know, but like it doesn't feel the way she fights. Doesn't feel like I'm confident and I know what I'm doing. It feels like I found a frying pan. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, I get that. I get that. I get that entirely. Yeah. I, I, I do think that she is, a little more than a damsel, but I do. She does get carried around and yell, Andy, which is like, clearly Spielberg was like, ah, my favorite part of the movie. What if that character just only did that? That's the second one, right? Yeah. Kate Capshaw basically just Andy <laughs> for like, for the whole runtime. Yeah. So that was my complaint that like, it set her up. To, I was like, oh, fuck, she's cool. And then I was like, oh, she's kind of not as fighty as I, I wanted. Also- I also think that, like, I don't know, I mean, I guess Ripley 
it was two years earlier, but there's like not that many female characters that are like what you described at this point in time. So I'm like, yeah, at least she does stuff. Like, yeah, well, I just, I just think it's weird that they built her like the introduction yeah, yeah, yeah. doesn't quite match yeah. the character, Agreed. which is yeah. just by like it seems weird that they would bother to introduce her that way. And then like, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I do think the only time that she gets that she that she doesn't act like that is when there's like six men grabbing her at the same time and it's like well nobody can fight that many people so yeah uh shadow on the wall intro fucking camp camp intro he walks in and it's the shadow the silhouette and i recognize that silhouette anyways (laughs) why are we with a bunch of british orphans that's mary poppins that's dick van dyke and mary poppins I did not remember the line. Uh, I will say that this sniveling Nazi character is so iconic that Marvel was just like, hey, uh, Toby Jones, you ever seen Raiders of the Lost Ark? Yeah. Can you just can you just do that guy? It's I mean, that's really very bad. close to it. I wouldn't say it's the exact same, but it's very close. That's, that, that's like really offensive to me as an actor. Like I have a process. Yeah. But can you just do that guy? Can you just be like, I don't eat meat. It disagrees with me. <sighs> Like you're just gonna be that guy, okay? Bye. He's the, Toby Jones contract. is the one that is that Zemo. Is he the one who becomes uh, the computer? Yes. <laughs> God, talking about Marvel movies sounds <laughs> <laughs> fucking insane. Yes. He's um, he's the the Red Skull's right hand man. But I like even when I watched that, I was like, oh, they just gave him the outfit of the Nazi from Indiana Jones, like, which is just the doing? outfit of Judge Doom. That's fair. Yeah, but the, does Judge does Judge Doom have glasses? Yes, because that's what remember, remember that's remember his eyes are the thing that. Oh right, 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 and they right, right. They take off and then yeah, yeah, and yeah he's got yeah, crazy yeah, cartoon yeah. Spoiler alert! Yeah. For- yeah. Well, we also did that movie. Uh, go patreon.com slash saying the eighties. You can hear that episode, one of our live ones. Yeah, Indy's not apolo- hey, Before real quick, before we talk about the Nazis, Indy is not apologetic enough to Marion as someone who like clearly ran out on her a while ago and has not kept in contact that he walks in and is like, yeah. Hey, I need something. Hey buddy. How about, uh, how are you at all? Like, <laughs> even if you don't give a shit, yeah. you need to pretend yeah, yeah, for yeah. these five seconds. Yeah. yeah. It's also very funny. Like, you know, it's the 1930s. Like you could just do that. You know yeah. what I mean? Where you're just like, yeah, bye. <laughs> I'm never going to talk. Well, to it would have been like the teens. That weird. Or the twenties, yeah, the twenties, yeah, probably. I know, no, because it would have been it was 1936, it's 1936. So yeah. twenty years ago, because he's yeah. almost forty, yeah. and he was, yeah, I think in the novelization she was fifteen and he was in his twenties when they first got together, which like we don't need to, we can, yeah, yeah, don't focus on I that. Mean, it's gross. It, it was a different era and things were very strange. Yeah, don't look up any rock star you ever liked who was active in the sixties and seventies. Yeah. You don't want to read stuff like this. Cause all of them were perv creeps. Yep. Um, and then it turns out she's wearing the staff, staff of raw. Is that what it is? Yeah. yeah. Which like the amulet of raw. It's not a small, it's like no. a flavor, like flavor clock. Flave. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. It's wild. But yeah, so the Nazi, yeah. very good sniveling Nazi acting. Yeah. It, I mean, it, I totally understand why Marvel is just like, hey, Toby Jones, just do this. But also it's like, wow, that's movie jail for that. You should go to movie jail. Not Toby, the guy, whoever told him to do that. <laughs> I'm assuming it's a guy. Like, maybe it was a woman. I don't know. Uh, hot poker comes towards Marion. And uh, the Nazi is so sweaty. He's like, like, sweaty. oh, boy, <laughs> you can't get a little dab going. Do you think this is actually just a hot poker? I 
I think it's a, an actual hot fire. So I think yeah. the, the actor was just standing next to a hot fire wearing oh, no, no, a no, black no. I, trench coat. I, yeah. No, absolutely. You're 100% correct. But I'm saying like in the part where the guy is like walking towards her with a hot poker, like it would be so much easier to just shoot a real hot poker that would glow on camera and would also be steaming in the air. But I was trying to figure out if they like had to do some insane thing with like clear resin and then a light and then all that stuff. So I'm guessing when he's walking, it, it could be, especially because 1981, but like... And it never gets close to anybody. Well, it does well. later. Once it starts getting close to their faces, it's probably not. But I think when he's no, walking it with it... Be, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I hope it. I guess it could be, but I sure hope it wasn't. And then Indy saves the day with a theme park shootout. Yeah, big theme park shootout. Also, I love the guy who gets killed in shadow, like in this, in the same way that Indy was projected on the wall. This guy yeah. gets shot and does like a four four shoulder shimmy to get to get yeah shot four times. There's also a wild headshot. Yes, yeah. There's two wild headshots in this movie that I'm like, wow, that's that's a lot for this movie that I think a lot of kids went to see. Yeah, I think my favorite though is when the the someone shoots like a beer barrel on the counter and Marion like yes. dips under it to drink it, which like it just yes. feels so th- like great movie ride. Yes, absolutely. But yeah, I love that she, it's like a little shot of courage, and then she goes and kills a guy. Uh, they even gave the Nazi, Nazi awful hair. Like yeah, it is yeah, awful yeah. hair. He burns the shit out of his hand, uh, you know, runs outside, and Marion smartly picks up the same amulet with a he uh, Joe Pesci's handkerchief. Yeah, he does Joe. He gets he gets the full Joe Pesci. I was I'm imagining a world in which the Nazi like does it by mistake and then makes one of his underlings burn the other side in his hand so they don't need to take the amulet and they just like have it like Joe Pesci. Or he just picks it, does it to his other hand so that he has both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, Marion's like, I'm going to be your partner. Wham, you just burned. <laughs> my bar is burned down because yes. of you. Yeah, you you ran out on me, showed up in my life, asked me for a favor and then burned my bar down. Also, her dad is dead. Yeah, the one that the one that they were going for originally is dead. Yeah. Uh, uh, John Reese davies Beautiful shot of Cairo. Sala. Yep. Is Jonathan Reese davies the- also in The Mummy? I don't think he's in The Mummy. He's in the uh, Lord of the Rings movies, though. He's Gimli. Oh, he's he's the dwarf, right? Sure, if that is right. And I was right about calling him Gimli. Yes, <laughs> I, I just know the name. Gimli I'm... is the dwarf. I said he was Gimli with some confidence, and then immediately regretted it. Yeah. Uh, talking, talking. Uh, great, <laughs> great performance in this movie. Turd human in terms of his politics. Oh, really? That's a, that's a bummer. Yeah. He, uh, yeah, not, not the best guy, but I will say, uh, very like melodious, mellifluous voice. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a real musical quality to the way he speaks. I agree. Uh, also, he's a Welsh guy playing someone who is clearly not supposed to be Welsh. So, you know, I, I mean, we can't, bl- there's only so much we can blame the actors for when like, oh, Hollywood yeah. wasn't, it's not like Hollywood was like. <laughs> reaching out to to egyptian actors they were like right hey right. you can we spray it down with orange paint <laughs> you look you look like kind of dark enough to play middle eastern uh i'm welsh yeah well i don't i don't really get Here's some orange acrylic know. spray paint and a black eyeliner now you're egyptian congratulations <clears throat> speaking of eyeliner indy in the first sequence in the with the ball super thick eyeliner i didn't notice that he looks like uh, he, he looks like 
what the hell movie do we we did another movie where somebody had like insane eyeliner for one sequence like johnny depp as uh jack sparrow liver line there's that one actor that looks like he's wearing eyeliner all the time the one the, he the was the from the batman movie the mayor from the batman <laughs> he's yeah, done other yeah. things too but the mayor and batman I mean, always looks like he's got a lot of eyeliner on is he one of those dudes who had it tattooed on i feel like i read that about some actor i that seems like a wild choice to do that yeah uh, almost as well as that fucking like bone lengthening surgery that they've been talking about lately yeah. yeah anyway uh one of my favorite lines of this just like a throwaway is uh he hands marion a bunch of dates and she's like what is this and he's like it's a date you eat them <laughs> so good the idea it's like hey bud not everyone's seen all these exotic fruits as you have the, the, i mean like, she's from like tibet so she's probably seen them clearly not she doesn't know what they are also, when they're in Jonathan Reese Davies' house, this like monkey shows up on on their patio, yeah, yeah. and it jumps onto Marion, and they're like, "Oh, it's your monkey now!" And she's like, "That's weird." And then when they're in the market, the monkey runs away, and turns out the monkey's a fucking spy somehow, and a Nazi, like the a Nazi a spy. <laughs> the monkey does a sing hail. Like the I the sequence where the dude does a sig hail, then the Nazis do it back, and then the monkey does a sig hail, and the Nazis like sig hail him back, and then are like, did I just do that to a monkey? Is so like the and you know what sucks? Animals corner. don't forget things that you teach them. No, they really hold on to them. So that poor monkey yeah. <laughs> was probably sig hailing all the way till Jurassic Park when it probably died. It's. Close enough to a wave that maybe you just got 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 away with it with the monkey. I don't know. If a human does it, not so much. No. Well, I already talked about the accidental heil that happens a lot in in Disney World. <laughs> yes. You point with you're supposed to point with two fingers or the whole hand, and the problem with gesturing with your whole hand is that if you point in a direction and then turn your hand to indicate another direction, you will sometimes accidentally do a little heil, and you got to do a quick quick sure. flip. Yeah. Um, there's a market brawl. Love a good market brawl. And then this is uh, one of the famous stories of this movie that everyone had really bad food poisoning except Spielberg because he was a weirdo who didn't eat the food while they were on location. And uh, Harrison Ford had different versions of this story are told differently. What I think is the truth is that he was trying not to shit himself. Uh, but other people like to say he was very tired. But it was like no, he, was this big w- he had a poop. Yeah. I don't think he had to poop. I think he was afraid. As someone who just recently had food poisoning, he wasn't in need of pooping. He was afraid of pooping himself is the thing. I was I was in Disney World a day two days later and I was like riding a roller coaster like, oh wow, I've never been on a ride and thought I might poop my pants, but I'm happy. You were gonna be the reason they had to pull that car out of commission. Uh-huh. Uh-huh, uh-huh, exactly. Nothing happened, it was all fine, but I was like, oh, I'm not ready for this. <laughs> like, I knew this too, too quick. Uh, but uh, that is why there's supposed to be a big whip-knife fight here, and instead, Indiana Jones, rightful choice for the character, just shoots this guy. Yeah. I I always hear that apocryphal story, that, like, that's what happened, but I can't imagine that the, act, the, the stunt coordinator, like, they choreographed all that, and they were like, no, we can just scrap it. So, like, it had to oh, be Oh, that discussed. happens all the time. Like that? 
Oh yeah. Like, like, I mean, look, this is a dumb example of a tiny little thing that I made when I made a short film, but it was like, we had a, a, a stunt, not a stunt, like a, an effect idea and we tried it and it was working okay. And we couldn't get it to work. And we tried it twice more. And it was like, we don't have time to keep fucking with this. We're just going to cut this. So I think that happens with, I mean, I don't know about a giant budget movie like this where like weeks are spent on stuff, but stuff gets, cu- I'm sure stuff gets cut because it's like, we're just out of time. We don't have time for this. Mm. You know, you're running out of daylight or something or something goes long. Like, I'm sure that happens that like stunt coordinators work just gets thrown in the trash. They're low totem pole people. Yeah, that sucks. Also, this moment is objectively way more entertaining than a big knife whip fight. I agree, but still. Uh, So Marion accidentally gets carted away and then gets kidnapped in a home goods hamper. So also, I really quick before that, there's the when these guys first roll up on them and Indy's like punching dudes. Marion has a guy down on the ground and she's supposed to be like hitting him with a, uh, she is like putting no energy into these hits. Dude. It looks like when you hit a child with a pillow and you're like pretending you're like, Rah! and then of course you actually don't like clobber a child. And she looks like she's doing like the worst fake swings in his. I, I, I saw that. And I was like, girl, this looks like you're doing quarter speed. Yeah. Not good. Uh, but yeah, they, they put her in. in, in no, she puts herself the in the home goods hamper. That's true. And then the, the snitch Nazi monkey screeches and rat bastard. They get her into a truck. The truck I will say she's on. not fighting hard enough as someone who does partner work. It's a, the person yeah. being lifted has to do a lot of like not moving to in order to not yeah. fall. She could be throwing her body every which way. And she's yeah. clearly not. I'm just, I gotta yeah. say it. I gotta say it. Well, she's also, I also don't know if she's in the basket. She is. She keeps saying, Indy. No, I'm saying when they're, Right, but we don't see we don't see Marion in the basket. We just we you think she's in the basket because of the movie tells you she's in the basket. Well, I what what to what end would they not would Marion not be in the basket? I'm talking about sorry. I'm saying Karen Allen might not be in the basket. I'm talking about the character Marion is not okay. fighting hard enough to not to not be kidnapped so want, in a hamper. You want the right, but I'm, I'm so you're saying you want the basket should be in a shake. Yeah, the basket should have been wobbling okay, more okay, because like okay. she could have. I gotta be. You're being carried by two guys like that. You can knock yourself over. You can throw your Probably, th- throw them yeah. off balance. It's pretty you easy. You might hit your head very badly, but well, you could try it. The alternative is kidnapped by Nazis, so I'll take my chances. <laughs> I hate to break uh, it to you. So we have to think about now in 2023 if the options are kidnapped by Nazis <laughs> or a head injury. I'm taking the head injury. Taking the head injury. Yeah, fair, fair. Uh, the good guys punch Nazis. Everybody remember that. Uh, and call them Nazis. And- Just call them Nazis. <laughs> They're Nazis. Certainly the ones that are Nazis are Nazis. Uh, the truck explodes. Um, it's a good explosion. <laughs> I literally wrote, that's got to be a decoy truck. And then it exploded. And I went, that's definitely a decoy truck. <laughs> uh, Indy is drinking himself sick here. and With Bella the monkey bastard. Him. And I was like, I'd just snap bastard, its yeah. little neck. Well, he doesn't know yet. I know, but I wanted Indy to know. They, <laughs> I was I like, how do I, how do I telepath this to Indy to pick up the monkey and break its little neck like a bird? <laughs> they, they never find out that the monkey is a Nazi. The monkey just dies by eating poison dates. Yeah, it does the right thing and kills itself. <laughs> it took, it took the the Hitler way out. Yeah, if you're a Nazi, do the right thing and end it. Just punch your own ticket or stop being a Nazi. That's also fine. I mean, atone for your sins. 
Uh, well, you know, people can change. That's that's a that's a real thing. People, can you never so yeah, whatever. Uh, Belloc is absolutely ripping on this on this uh, hookah, and I was imagining like the remake of this movie, which God, you know, help us, never happens. But I'm imagining the remake version. The dude has one of those like C three PO vape rigs that just the what C three PO's arm. Did you ever see I care a lot? She has a. I'm, I'm imagining the C3PO dong that she's sucking on yeah, the whole movie. Yes. Yeah, 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 exactly. But I, I just imagining Belloc being like, and then blowing up a huge cloud and being like, cotton. <laughs> cotton candy. Yeah. No, no, no. Co- like, I know. I was just, I'm picturing he has cotton candy vape. <laughs> you think he has a cotton. He has black market flavored vape that's not allowed anymore. Oh, yeah. Did you ever go to, I feel like hookah bars became a big, like kind of had a moment when I was in college and I went to one once. I went like twice in college. I think they're really popular in college campuses because there's like just not a lot of spaces to hang out when you're under 21. And so it's like a a thing you can go there and and pay $4 for a bottle of water. I know. And then like 25, I don't remember how much it was, but it was expensive. I remember the hookah. I remember the hookah being fairly inexpensive. It was like, you know, 20 or 25 bucks, but you're splitting it with four or five people for like a big hookah. But then it was like the table would have a check. It's like when you go to a comedy club and there's a two item minimum and it's like, okay, so what's the cheapest thing on the menu? Oh, a four fifty dollar bottle of water. Just charge more for the tickets. This feels shitty. Like, I hate this. I I agree. I agree. Um, but yeah, it was, it was in college. Like maybe I went four or five times. I didn't love it. Uh, yeah, I didn't love it either. I just, I went a couple of times. The one time we got a pineapple, it was like, they like did the, like, like a literal pineapple. Yeah. They like did the, the pina colada pineapple thing, but they put the hookah in it. Did I it taste good. I, I, it was over 10 years ago. So I don't super remember. <laughs> I feel like that would be a memorable experience. I don't know. It, I, I mean, it had like a smoky pineapple taste. I don't think it did a whole lot, okay. but it was we always had like very fruity flavored tobaccos when we would do it yeah and then actually you know what happened we went like a couple times and then a friend of mine was like you can buy this thing on ebay like i if i spent 30 dollars on the internet i could buy a hookah and a bunch of tobacco and the charcoal and we would save money and it was like all right and then we did it a few times with that person's like rig for a while yeah and then i remember a bunch of people being like let us smoke weed in there and she was like no because it will smell like weed forever i don't want to do that <laughs> We were like, come on, let us smoke weed. We'll be like the the, the cat, the caterpillar. And no, like, no, <laughs> like the caterpillar. I made that up, but it was funny. They got some real Batman Joker vibes, dynamics. But Belloc and Indy. Belloc and Indy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Sorry, I'm right in the train. I'm getting the train back. <laughs> yeah, no, you're good. You're good. Uh, and then Indy gets saved by all of uh, Salah. Is it Salah or Allah? Salah. Salah. Allah's the god. All it's Salah. Allah's god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all of Salah's kids come in and are like, Indy, Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones. I just pull them out. There's like 80 guys with guns pointed at him. And the- also, like, <laughs> do you really think a Nazi henchman's not going to shoot a kid? Right. I think the only thing of it is, is like, I think all these dudes are hired, like, local hires. And I think they, they are. all know Salah and they know Salah's kids. And they're like, I'm not fucking shooting Salah's kids for you. I don't care how much you're paying me because it's, it's, come on. This Nazi's not paying more than like minimum wage. That's know? the thing. I, these people that are like doing the digging and all that, I'm like 100% they're getting paid like pennies. Like he even oh, says yeah. it like they're getting paid nothing because this is what happens when you have disenfranchised people, when your political system right. and socioeconomic system <laughs> allows for disenfranchised people, you are creating an, a circumstance in which people will value money oh, and eating and living over their ethics. Right. Fix the broken systems. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes 
yeah, sure. Absolutely. Uh, you're 100% right. I just find it funny in the context of Indiana Jones. <laughs> what you're saying is 100% true. Uh, <laughs> I 100% agree with you. Um, the kids save him. They take the amulet to a friend of, of Sala's, and uh, he kind of decodes the thing and is like... <laughs> You forgot to check the back. Which is so wild to me. <laughs> I love this. It's such a delightful thing. It's like, well, the Nazis don't have the amulet, right? They only have the thing on the guy's palm. So that's what causes this problem, right? It's brilliant. And I, like, I didn't even catch it at uh, at first blush. It wasn't until later that I was like, well, why do the Nazis have any of the amulet? And then when he was right. like, the like guy showed up again, the Judge Doom Nazi and like hiled with the burn on his hand. I was like, oh, right. Yeah, he has it literally on his in his the palm of his hand. Um, so this is where the 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 not the the henchman guy poisons the dates. The monkey man sneaks in to poison the dates, and then you'd think he would like point at the dates and be like, "Don't eat these, monkey," or something. <laughs> he watches him do it, but uh, so this culminates with a really cool looking shot where it's kind of like the uh, the junior mint in Seinfeld. It's exactly like the junior mint in Seinfeld. <laughs> But it's like a date going up in the air and, and Sala grabs it out of the air and is like, don't eat that and points at the monkey and you know, all the monkey's dead. The only good mo- good Nazi monkey is a dead Nazi monkey. The dead Nazi monkey. Absolutely. Uh, so this is, is probably one Glory's of the- Is that 99% sure. Okay. Yeah. This is one of the most parodied things in the movie. I actually quite like the- I think in Family Guy, it was how he found the porn. Like he hit his- So the Family Guy had- Like there are like- Four in the like first couple oh, yeah, seasons, yeah. there's like four distinct references to this movie. There's get the plane up. Yeah. There's the yeah. Ark of the Covenant, the, the head thing, yeah. the the staff. Yeah. There is the warehouse. I think they put uh, James Woods in the warehouse. Yes, I think you're right. Yeah, I can't remember the, the top other top men part might be a separate reference than the the. the I think no, because I think right. top men leans leads into sequence? that. Okay, okay, uh, but yeah, I remember. I think it was like him hiding the porn, which I found to be a very good joke uh riffing on this but i love this is like so delightful like he you know climbs down this wonderful set it's kind of like a model of the the site hooks this thing on how does he know where to stand like there's not like two feet prints he well there's a there's like a board where you put the staff into it has symbols Mm. on it he's like he wipes the sand off and like figures out which it's like a a probably like six by ten pegboard and he f- no, they're all symbols yeah i have to say I, I would imagine so i'm guessing that those symbols are like if it's the month of june yeah put it here because yeah the yeah, sun yeah. is different at different times of the right. year so i think you're absolutely right i think that's what it is i think it's like a calendar and you put it on different parts of the calendar yeah yeah uh so they they they, they find out where it is uh um, some sunbeam like magic for some reason it's S- such good music here too though the music is excellent yeah uh so he finds out where it is the nazis capture sala who then has to like sneak back over it with a makeshift rope which has a (laughs) nazi flag at the end of it which i kind of love that was funny uh gets indy out of here oh marion's still alive but he has to leave her there because then if he takes her they'll realize something's up which is honestly like smart insane yeah, it's she smart. gets very mad about this, but it was it was it was good. Logic. In the moment, I can see why she's like, "I'm not thinking rationally because I'm tied sure. up in a Nazi camp." Uh, yeah, exactly. I, I I'm not thinking clearly. I'm not saying I'm hysterical sure. woman. I'm saying a person tied up in a Nazi camp is going to be like, "Just get me out." Sure. 
so they start digging. Uh, it is kind of wild that Indy it walks around like has like a sextant on a tripod, <laughs> and like no one is like, "Hey, well, why are you doing that?" The Nazi, we Nazis will tell you where to dig anymore. Huh? He doesn't have the staff anymore. No, but like he is out on the like in the desert, like with a sextant oh. on a tripod, and you'd think the Nazis would be like. No, no. You, why are you worker B doing that? We'll tell you where to dig. You don't have to think about where to dig. Yeah, yeah. I mean, them getting away so much, so long from the Nazis is ridiculous. But also, I do wonder if it's like you know the Nazis immediately capture them once they have the thing. Uh, well, because also I've seen so many movies that like the shots through the sextant. I kept waiting for a hand to cover the lens. Sure, sure. And then the Nazi to be like, well, well, Mister John. <laughs> I don't eat meat. It disagrees with me. <laughs> That's the only line I remember Toby Jones saying in that movie. So I'm well, it's better than me, me because I was thinking Toby Jones was the one that was uh, activating the Winter Soldier, and that's not Toby Jones. <laughs> no, that's that is a different guy portraying this Nazi scientist, and that is uh, 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 the Tooch. It's not Stanley Tucci. Stanley Tucci's the one that turns Chris Evans into the super soldier. No, the, who activates the winter soldier. Oh, Stanley Tucci's uh, not a Nazi. How dare you? <laughs> Stanley Tucci is one of the few well, not Nazis in the Captain America movie. Stanley Tucci is kind of playing uh, Werner von Braun, I think. I was who talking was about the Nazi. one in Winter Soldier who activates the Winter Soldier by reading ah, the gibberish. I do He's not, like, I do not picnic basket, March 24th, <laughs> sable coat. I have... I could not pick that person out of a lineup with a gun to my head. Oh, I can't either, but I know it's not Toby Jones. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> Toby, Toby Jones, Jones was old. <laughs> that, he would have been Jones. old at that point. Toby Jones, as I said, doesn't eat meat because it disagrees with me. And then he gets becomes a computer somehow. He, then he becomes a computer. Uh, anyway, uh, there's a very beautiful shot of the sunset, which turns into like a really creepy storm. And the lightning's going nuts as they're finding the... the <laughs> it, it looks, Indy looks like fucking Dr. Frankenstein. I Dr. Frankenstein's a good fool. I honestly thought it was like borderline Charlton Heston and the Ten Commandments stuff here. I can see that too. Also, uh Bullock at one point is like they're like saying like how they're gonna like beat Marion or like torture her to get her to talk, and Bullock's like is like, Oh, you you can't use that to a lady. And I was like, I hate to break it to you, sweetheart. You're either all Nazi <laughs> or you're no Nazi. You can't be a percentage Nazi. Yeah. It's not a slider, it's a switch. <laughs> I'll be a little bit Nazi. Like you, like it's a switch. I'm sorry. You, you know, it's like she's a little bit country and he's a little <laughs> bit rock and roll. I'm a little bit Nazi, but I don't do the lady stuff. Yeah. And and honestly, I really don't care so much about the Jews. It doesn't really bother me if somebody's Jewish. I don't really understand that part, but I do like the gold <laughs> and and very much like stealing the religious artifacts. Can I steal more the religious artifacts as a Nazi? Sign me up, Zed. I don't know what this voice is, but I enjoyed it. I don't either, but it's uh, fun. Belloc, uh, uh, sorry, not Belloc. Sala is like, Indy, why is the floor moving? And just drop the torch down and it's just all snakes. And I love that it's like 30% real live snakes and 70% black rubber snakes from the boardwalk. Oh, 100%. Also, like in movies, the snakes. only snakes that exist in Egypt are asps. <laughs> there's a king cobra here but which literally sure he sees them snake. and and sala goes 
asps very poisonous <laughs> i was like yeah because yeah. in egypt the oh, there's only one snake there's one kind of snake in egypt and it's an asp isn't a cobra like a jungle snake i feel like I i'm pretty sure it is yes true. okay there's also i wonder us on twitter because cobras they're they're like uh hood isn't always why like it's they look like normal right. snakes and they open it so i wonder if like what is hissing at him yes but i just mean in ge- in like general biology the okay. cobras open their hood to like threaten I wonder if you, like, yeah. opened up, like, your coat to a cobra, if it would be like, oh, oh shit. Oh, yeah. Like, game all. respect game. <laughs> that would be funny. I, I won't test it. No, but, like, I imagine, like, I'm... Should I'm, it ever occur that I get in that situation, I will try. Because isn't that what, they, like, for mountain lions, you're supposed to do that, too. Yeah. And not not for bears. Uh, some bears, yes. Not all bears. Not, well, I can't, I can't... I don't have the time to be like, which bear is it? Uh, never run away from a bear is the important piece of information. Yeah, never and bears can climb trees. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we're cutting back and forth here. Indy down, uh, making his way down to where the Ark is, and Marion is trying to outfox Belloc. It's the weird, um, like, and... captors make the captive change into a dress trope that happens yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, heels in the desert. Yeah, very impractical. <laughs> very impractical. Uh, but it is worth it because later we get the very cool shot of the snake going through the peep toe part. So yeah, that's, that's true. Cool. Uh, but yeah, so they are making their way down. Uh, Marion pulls a knife and then the Nazi comes in. And well, she does the drinking this. game. She's like that. Right. This is what I was like. Oh, it's Chekhov's drinking game. We've never seen one of those yeah. before. Yeah. And she's very clearly faking being very drunk. Uh, just try to get one over on this guy. Um, ends it uh, ends up starting to get away, but the the not the sniveling Nazi comes in and he pulls this thing out. He takes this is so this fucking and- camp. This sequence right yeah. here is like yeah. so yeah. camp because I, I forgot that this happened and the whole that it finished. And I was like, yeah. what in the Joan Crawford like <laughs> like nonsense I, is this? I also forgot about this sequence because I was like, what does he pull out here again? And then when it became a hanger, I laughed out loud legitimately because it's like such a ridiculous thing. And it's like, oh, I can't have my Colts getting creased on the back of a chair. It like it looks like nunchucks. And then it looks like some yes. kind of like mouth garrot or like yeah. gag. Yeah. And then it be- he like twists it into a into a coat hanger. It's wild. You know what they say, no wire hangers, right? Is that right? <laughs> no wire hangers. Ha <laughs> ha Like your American Joan Crawford. <laughs> so they they get they get the ark up from the inside the sand tomb. And I was like, how the fuck are they going to get this out of this Nazi camp? And then they're immediately spotted. <laughs> yeah, I also love that it's Indian Sala down there and they're like, all right, we tied the crate up, pull it up. And it's like, no, one of you should go up first to be the guy in charge of the work crew. Like, what are you right, doing? Yeah, yeah. Um, we get a, an upskirt shot when Marion gets thrown down, which... It honestly looks like she's wearing bike shorts. She's wearing bike shorts and then white panties over them, which is weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just it was, put I, her in I, tights. I, honestly... Right, right. Or just, like, have the dress be tighter or something. Or don't do an upskirt shot, but, you know. I I do think it looks very cool when she's dangling from the mouth of that thing. So I understand, like, from a filmmaking standpoint, why you'd want to do it. But, like, why didn't you just have her wear, like, white, you know, tights or something? It just is very strange. Um, Also, I do wonder if seeing it in HD at home makes it more obvious than back in the day. Oh, probably. Um Although probably little pervy kids going frame by frame. Pausing, yeah. Underwear, yeah. 
Um, I also love that they're like, hey, Dr. Jones, we have a gift for you. And it's like, we're just going to chuck this woman 30. <laughs> Drop a woman <laughs> off a fucking building. <laughs> yeah. Like, th- th- this woman with a bag of soup. What are we doing here? Um, I, I did not remember the sequence of her, like, holding on and then, like, jumping down. And I was like, how the hell did she survive this? It's so far. I know. Uh, they seal them up in there, and then Indy takes a lot on faith that if he destroys this wall, the entire cavern won't just collapse around them. Sure, sure. But they also have no way out, and he sees that the snakes are, like, going through to something, so he's like, well, there must be something on the other side. So we'll either run out of oxygen slowly, or get collapsed and drown in sand. We'll, we'll grain engulfment in sand. <laughs> maybe, maybe they were planning to swim upwards as the sand came in. I... I feel like that would be difficult because grain engulfment is tough. Impossible. Oh yeah, you die. Yeah, no, I was I was being stupid because it's an Indiana Jones movie. I also love the snakes in the wall are so very clearly like a bundle of rubber snakes that a bunch of prop guys were just like rotating in a circle to make <laughs> it's just a bunch of snake tails waggling. Uh, so they smash through the wall, and then all of these dead bodies start like moaning and screaming, and I was confused. Yeah. yeah. It's just purely to be like, hey, audience, you're supposed to scream right now. Yeah. Uh, uh, then we cut to the uh, climax of the stunt spectacular, <laughs> which is the airplane fight with the beefcake mechanic. Yeah, yeah. Although the one in Disney World is much beefier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, currently, it's a uh, former pro wrestler, a guy who like kind of washed out of the WWE development system. Oh, it used to be someone that I thirst followed on Instagram. Oh, well, I he, think there's a few. They, they rotate. Time. He's like a, a, like literally like six, six something like wall of muscle. I saw him in Disney Springs one time and genuinely was like, whoa, like. You should have said hello. He probably would have been flattered. No, I'm good. We're good. <laughs> I don't need to be creepy about it. One of, uh, one of the guys who used to work for AEW, the company I watch, moonlighted as one of the Waterworld bad guys. The uh, On the jet skis? Played by. Yes, the the character played by uh, oh my god, what the hell's his name? Blue Velvet. Fuck. I haven't seen Waterworld in a hundred years. That was a weird like movie that we liked for some reason. I still th- have a soft spot for Waterworld. It's like a big, gigantic epic. It's sloppy as hell, but there's parts of it I really like. Uh, anyway, this this sequence rules. That there's like Indy gets the absolute shit kicked out of him. I love the first punch. You, he like perfectly performs uh, and it's probably Vic uh, Armstrong his stunt double who does it but the uh the like his knees turn to jello and he just collapses down onto his ass yeah so perfect I don't like combat sports that much but I have seen this happen when real people get punched and it's like exactly what it looks like when someone gets it makes sense the, your body is yeah. just like oh, oh bloop, bloop, going down yeah n- yeah, yeah um Marion gets stuck in the plane cockpit, which le- leads to some good hijinks. I do love that they set up the danger of the propeller by having it break a metal wrench in half. Mm-hmm. So later, when we finally get the scene where the Nazi is standing in front as it closes in, and he, Indy just turtles, and he's like, huh? And turns around right into the fan, just chunks of him go flying. It's a satisfying death. I don't remember how they do that Very in the theme good. park. Does it just happen in the back? Yeah, but uh, I don't think they do the the the... I think what happened... They don't do a blood spray, obviously. No. What used to happen is he dropped down into a pit, and then they've recently changed it, and I forget what happens now. Hmm. Because it was dangerous. Like, it was... People got hurt, not very... Like, not, like, life-changingly hurt, but, like, dropping down into a pit, it's hard. So, I forget what they've changed it to, but they did slightly change that part. And I don't think it blows up quite as large as it used to. 
Well, there's still a fireball, but um, this scene was like written a, to be a theme park show. A lot oh, of this yeah. movie feels like that, but this scene sequence especially. It's like the rotating plane with the gunshots and the fighting yeah. and then the yeah. the fire. Yeah, so they blow this thing up and that draws all the Nazis and so Sala, Indy, and uh Marion. Marion. I was like Karen Allen, Karen Allen. Yes, but there's a character name, you should say that one. Uh are are watching it, trying to figure out what to do. This is like the only time Indy has his hat off, which I think is kind of funny that he's like the hat sticks up too high and I'm trying to be incognito. <laughs> yes. Um and he's like uh, I'm going to chase them down. You guys meet me in Cairo. And they're like, well, what are you going to do? And he's like, I don't know. I'm making this up as I go along. It's just and he like, hops on a horse and rides away. Yeah. That's the character, folks. That's the character. Uh, the horse truck chase is very fun. I kind of prefer the tank sequence in Last Crusade if we're comparing very similar sequences. Yeah, but it is a well done car chase sequence, which like Absolutely. something I would get very bored with normally. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I think it's because it's not just chase. It's like... There's the chase, and then he gets on the truck, and then there's some hand-to-hand. It's very dynamic. Stuff. Yeah. Then there's some gun stuff, and it's like it's just it camels. Wilhelm scream. Yeah, yeah. The other thing with this movie is uh, there's an old adage in in movie making, which I'm not sure is as like gospel of a rule as it used to be, but it was if you're making a movie like this, there should be an action beat every ten pages, so like you never go more than ten minutes without doing this. I think this movie has like a perfect pacing from that standpoint of like yeah, there's there's about. It's about two hours long, just under two hours long. And there's like 10 good action sequences in it. And and they're all a little bit different from each other. It's not a lot of samey, samey stuff. And so it's like, you know, this is a chase sequence. Then there's like the big market fight thing, which is different than the big shootout at the bar and stuff. So I, I it, it changes up what it's doing so that everything feels fresh when it happens, which I like a lot. I love that he heaves a guy just like straight out the, like he gets onto the truck and just heaves a dude out of it. And Oh yeah. Eventually punches the other guy out the other side. That's we get a really great featured extra on the windshield. Like they like drive through like an encampment of some kind and an extra ends up like on the windshield and we see his face for a good couple seconds. He's, He's like, Whoa. He he comes within like a quarter of an inch of spiking the camera, but manages not to, which is impressive. Uh, and then eventually this leads to the truck with the arc getting driven into a thing. I think it says Otto's garage or uh, I forget whose garage it is, but it's like a person's name. It's such and a it's great like, sequence. This like it's so it's smooth. Like, it's like in GTA when you're like you have a five, you know, five siren warning from the cops and you go to like a spray house and you just like pull in there and then they change the color of your car. And suddenly you're just like, oh, where'd he go? I don't know. And the Nazis leave and the whole town's like, we did it. And I'm like, wait, why do they also bought into this? Because well, they know it's the Nazis so are good. bad. No, I know. It's great. It's great. It's just so it's like these people are just like, fuck the Nazis. <laughs> I love it. I also love when a grunt thinks he can take on the hero. I always think of yes. that scene in Goldmember <laughs> when Michael Caine is like, look at you. You don't even have a name tag. Do yourself a favor. Just lay down now and then we'll and we'll just talk around you. And the yeah. the henchman yeah. like gets nervous and just lays on the ground. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really good. Uh, they have like a literal, so they're, they're like, it's like catch your breath. They say goodbye to. Marion looks like Winona at the end of Heather's. She's got like oh, soot on does. her face yeah. and her hair is a yeah. mess, and she's like wobbling. Yeah. She and Indy, she literally does like a cartoon mirror gag where for some reason she decides to flip this mirror to the other side. It's not like, it's not like those little mirrors in hotels where it's like one size five X, one size one X. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, no, she just flips this over for no reason and just clobber. It's like a full on uppercut from the Nazi. She also looks like she's wearing Carrie's prom dress. 
Yeah, it's a very silky number that apparently these men on this boat gave her, which mm, I have some questions. Uh, I mean, so, a lot of pirates yeah, were gay. Maybe they oh, were also I, in the 30s. I thought these pirates were sex trafficking. Your thing is way better. Yeah, I look on the happier side. <laughs> but I also love there's like a very sweet, uh, you know, sort of like seduction scene. It's 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 tender more than it's like sexy but she's like kissing different parts of his body that he says don't hurt then she kisses him and they have like a pretty passionate the music swells yeah and then she pulls back and he immediately falls asleep and just like can't be woken he's dead to the world yeah then we see the the arc burning through the wooden box it's in yeah yeah which like doesn't really get explored or explained no I it should be a little bit of like oh it's gotten jostled around and therefore the power is like leaking out of it but instead it just like is trying to hide itself it, it just burns the all the text and Nazi imagery yeah. on the box and I was like now it just looks like they that Indy was trying to hide the Nazi box right right you should have charred the whole box yeah the Ark of the Covenant so the Nazis fuck, attack them with a su- attack this boat with a submarine come aboard. Uh, which leads to some real Looney Tunes gags of like Indies hiding in the smokestack, um, which I think they do exactly this gag in that uh, Tintin. Yeah, Tintin. Wait, I never saw is it. Tintin is it? Tintin I know Tin- or Tintin. No, Tintin. It's Tintin. Okay. Um, very, very. I like that movie a lot. It's, it's isn't it uh, the creepy looking CGI? It's it's better than Polar Express by a pretty wide margin. Okay. It's and it's also it's like it's all of our guys. It's Guillermo. It's Peter Jackson. It's Steven Spielberg. It's uh, I think Edgar Wright or uh, if not Simon Pegg, like also involved. It's like all of our guys. Okay, it's worth watching. It's like Spielberg doing a movie like this, but getting to do these cool tricks where like the cameras can do impossible things because it's digital. It's like a you know cartoon thing. So he can do these incredible like three sixty shots and stuff. It's it's worth your time. I recommend it in general. Speaking of so speaking then, of Guillermo, know. did you ever finish uh, Cabinet, Cabinet Curiosities? Curiosities? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I was just curious. No, oh, yeah, it's it's all right. Some but, some you know, some like, good, like, some lows. Like, yeah, uh, like every one of those shows. Yeah. Um. So they uh they board the ship. They take Marion. They take the crate. They can't find Indy, but he the captain like, is so over. smart. I love this captain. Yeah, this is great. He's like, yeah, oh, I killed Indiana Jones because we had no use for him, but we're gonna sell her. And like, I was like, wow, that's really brilliant, quick thinking. And then he's like, leave her with me. I should get something out of the deal and you don't need her. And it's like, yeah, he could have saved her. Obviously, the Nazis are bad people and they say no. But it's like, he's very quick on his feet, this guy. Because mm-hmm. he's set up when you... when Sala You think he's bad. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it feels like this scene in another movie, he'd be like, here you are, you know? And instead, he's like, no, he was a good guy. I radioed for the Nazis. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Indy uh, swims uh, over to a submarine, submarine and I was like, yes. I just, there's and one entrance on a submarine. Typically. I feel like, yeah, yeah. Again, yeah, I'm not an engineer, but, uh, they don't show you this part because it doesn't make any sense whatsoever that the, the, the soaking wet man just yeah. sl- like, slops all the way down and then figures out where to hide. Uh, but I love the whole boat being like, he's over there. Yeah. Indy, Again, yeah! everyone loves Indy. Everyone's cheering for him. Oh, audience proxy man uh and the other thing that this follows up with this is delightful is indy does the classic like knock out a guy to steal his clothes except the clothes don't fit i was like you didn't take you didn't do a quick eye up that like this this twink isn't gonna fit you (laughs) 
And then the superior officer comes and is start. He's very clearly in German berating him for his hair being a mess. It says berating in German in the subtitles. Oh, okay. You had them on. Uh, and uh, he kicks this guy in the nuts and then he takes his uniform instead, which is delightful. Smarter, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and this is the point where the one Nazi is like, I don't like how Jewish this is. And I was like, now you're concerned with how Jewish this is? This Ark of the Covenant is is very Jewish. Right, right. This is an extremely Jewish endeavor, sir. Uh, but they they have to do this ritual to open the Ark. And the guy's like, look, I, if we, you want to open it in front of Hitler and have it be empty, that's fine. But I think we should probably you know, make sure that what's in there is in there. But now it's like, damn, I wish we would have just done it in front of Hitler. Yeah. yeah. Knowing knowing what we know now, it would have been better to yeah. just Yeah. Uh well then he And he's just in the back of the room like we should definitely just show Hitler. <laughs> and also leave that girl here. <laughs> I bet Hitler would want to see it first. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Make sure Goebbels is in the room as well. <laughs> Where's Mengela? He should see this. Um Indy on the hill with a rocket launcher is a beautiful shot. I love this. The only thing about this that I don't like is like, hey, if you're so worried about not getting the Ark of the Covenant, why don't you blow up half the Nazi battalion and then you'll have like a fighting chance here? Yeah, I was like, he was like, you, how do you get out of here? I was like, well, he's going to kill a lot of you with this rocket launcher. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good step one. Belloc like waves them back and they take like four steps away from this. And I was like, I'm not an expert on munitions, but I think you're pretty close to the bomb. If you're standing within even Marion's a little too close to this bomb. Yeah, she is. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, they, he won't blow it up and, um, we get to, you know, the, the big ceremony, Belloc's wearing all this garb, um, chanting, uh, presumably in Aramaic or or Hebrew. Hebrew, I don't know. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we get some real carry at the prom electricity going on. All the yeah, lights start uh, bursting. Honestly, I was thinking uh, Ghostbusters proton wands as well. With also the, that uh, the beams of energy, um, but nothing happens. And then all of a sudden, all the electricity goes. And then Indy starts screaming at Marion to close your eyes. And also, the box really is just full of fine sand. I thought the tablet was in the sand. No, I never no. saw a tablet. Okay. Because they pull out um, sand, and they all, and the not, one Nazi's mad, and then the Judge Doom Nazi's laughing. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Maybe the tablet has just turned to sand. That's what I thought it was at yeah, first. That makes sense. Um, but I, I love Indian uh, India. Jesus Christ, Indy is like, uh, close your eyes, Marion. It's it's you can't look at it. It'll kill you. And they're both closing their eyes, but instead of squeeze like you know. There's a difference between closing your eyes and squeezing your eyes shut. And in this situation, I would be squeezing my eyes shut. But both Indy and Marion, I assume for a film purpose. In the wides, they're squint, they're squeezing. And in the close-ups, okay. they're not. Yeah, I thought that was really fun that they're just like peacefully having their eyes closed like they're meditating. Yeah, instead of a squeeze. Yeah, yeah it's a tight fun. squeeze. It like, r- this like beam of energy like rockets through these Nazis' chests and just ob- yeah. obliterates them. And then the sniveling Nazi melts, which rules so hard. Face melting. Great. Also, this is. The other guy gets like sucked in like a balloon, which I like. Yeah. Really, but the, the face melt is my favorite. Obviously. Spoiler alert for Cabinet of Curiosities. Skip ahead a few seconds. This ending was just like the ending of the weird 70s rock one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which like I loved everything about that except the episode itself. <laughs> Sure. The yeah. cinematography, the production design, the music, the casting, the yeah. actors, everything was great. And I was like, I just, this episode's kind of meh. Yeah. 
Uh, so the arc does this crazy thing rockets it feels so like cartoonish that it like oh, the lid sure. rockets into the air and like a column of fire and then seals itself yeah and just clump back shut like uh, how does it know so to do maybe, that right it makes no sense i mean the rules are nonsense but that's fine uh so we're back in the room with the uh, army intelligence guys who are basically telling Indy and Marcus that they can suck it, that they're not getting this thing back, even though that was the agreement. And this is the the very famous line, like, oh, it's top. being overseen by top men. Who? Top men. So this warehouse is just like the underground part of Cabin in the Woods, then? Yeah, basically. It's, it's it apparently houses like every weird artifact. Has Spielberg ever like, you know, speculated like what else he thinks could be down there? I have no idea, but I would love to read it. Like, like is probably, it, he, do, I, do, I doubt very much that he was a consultant on uh, Warehouse 13 on the Sci-Fi <laughs> channel, but that was a whole show based on that idea. I'm like, was it like, we got like a Bigfoot in there, a Mothman? Like, sure, yeah, I think all that, yeah, for sure. You got your, like, uh, your Shroud of Turin, perhaps, if we're doing a Oh, yeah, effect. oh my god, <laughs> speaking, <laughs> so sometimes Hulu gets, I don't think accidentally how it works, they get, like, shitty, low-budget, like, uh uh-huh. what do you call propaganda uh-huh. and it was called like like devil clone or devil baby or something like that oh sure sure and i was like what the hell is this thing it, just, it was said it, it came out this year and it was like a a an immoral tech company that knows how to clone things gets a hold of the shroud of turin they're secretly satanists who want to cl- uh, clone jesus and sacrifice him to satan and I was like, whoa, we, that what? Is wild. Isn't it like a religious movie? I'm guessing it's like a, like a, a Ken a, Sorbo, joint a pro or? Jesus. Uh, okay. What's that shit? Wow. beret, Cameron, Kirk Cameron, like that kind of, yeah, yeah. kind of job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kevin, so- Kevin Sorbo, same deal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you know, Indian Mary, Indy and Marion walk off into the sunset and that's, uh, that's the end of the Raiders of the Lost Ark, a yeah. perfect movie in my opinion. So that is what I will tell you in terms of recommendations. It's very good. I, I highly recommend it. It's a very good movie. I don't know how many directors have two perfect movies, but Spielberg is one of them. Was Jaws the other one? Oh, oh yeah. For me anyway. What about quibble, JP? But... To me, it's Jaws and JP. Park. Oh, Yeah. I don't know if I call JP perfect. Maybe I would. Maybe uh, today I'm not going to, but I might a different day. Love Jurassic Park. Yeah, it's playing. Um, they're doing the orchestra thing in July. Oh, it's so much fun! You should go. I think we're gonna go. It's only twenty five bucks for lawn tickets, go. but it's please rain go. or shine. So yeah, you'll be fine. Bring a slicker. <laughs> go as Newman. You'll be fine. Good yeah. night. Uh, I saw that in uh, with the Baltimore Orchestra like three years ago, and it's awesome. And the coolest part about it was you see how all the like interstitial pieces of music are like pure horror movie stuff in a way that I didn't consciously notice watching the movie any other time. It's really fun. Hmm. I, I, I highly recommend seeing a movie that way uh, if you are able to. Uh, in general, if something you I, I would love to see this with an orchestra, I would probably that would be great. Yeah, or the Last Crusade for that matter. But yeah, it's a weird one. I would think I would love project. to see Death Becomes Her with an orchestra. With that, like, big string score, that, like, Bernard yeah, Herman-inspired yeah. thing. Yeah, I could see that being fun, too. Uh, I think you're probably going to wait a long while for that. Oh, that's not happening. I'm aware. 
but but uh, I, I get what you're saying. Uh, but yeah, this movie rules. Uh, uh, we are doing uh, Temple of Doom next, so you'll get more Indiana Jones content this month and uh, roll back to February if you'd like to see Last Crusade or hear Last Crusade, that is. Uh, and then we'll, we'll let you know what we think of Dial of Destiny whenever we get to it. I definitely plan on seeing that one. Uh, I don't know if, if you feel like you will, but I definitely right. will. So I'll, I'll just keep an eye out. You can follow me on Letterboxd. I'll probably review <laughs> it. Um, thank you so much for listening to the show. Don't forget to check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash dissect the eighties, at dissect the eighties on Twitter and uh, on Facebook as well. Say hello to us there. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening to the show. We'll uh, continue Indiana Jones in two weeks, like I said, but I have been Trip Lano. I will always be Andrew Lano. Until the Temple of Doom. Don't you forget about me. Dissecting the 80s is a chum sum of this production. Uh, Things we're gonna cut out in editing.